Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of July in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not really ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. If you would like to uh, engage with us telephonically today, you can also text if you like. It's 52051. 52051, or you can email. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Uh, or Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant, can be reached at uh, Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at KUFO.com. Coming up today, we'll talk to uh, Peter Carlin from The Oregonian. He'll have another exciting installment of Peter Carlin's People Who Should Shut the Hell Up. Uh, we'll also talk to Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Uh, she's back from her six-week tour of... They were in Thailand and someplace else. Were they going to China at some point as well? I thought just Thailand. Why do I have it in my head that they were going to China? No, Greg says thumbs up on the... Yeah, they were going to China, apparently, for reasons that are unknown to me. So I think she's bringing us some sort of cursed amulet of some kind or other. So that'll be uh, coming up today. We've got a uh, pair of tickets for you to see Crew Fest 2, which is a week from yesterday. That is next Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, Crew Fest 2 at uh, the Clark County Amphitheater. You can find out more at KUFO.com. But at uh, some point today, we're giving away a pair of tickets to see that. And uh, also a pair of passes to see a Funny People, which is the new movie from Judd Apatow. I'm going to quit spinning all over myself when I talk. All right. This is why you should note, incidentally, for the last couple of days, and I've successfully managed to fight it off, but I've had like a low-grade version of whatever that throat scrapey yeah, I had it. ailment. That, yeah. that thing that sidelined Tim last Monday and the thing that Sarah had a couple weekends ago. Over the last day or two, I've sort of just felt it lurking in the background. Hasn't come to the fore. That my voice is as stellar and mellifluous as ever. But I can, I can feel it just sort of out of my peripheral vision. And I have in my desk drawer in my office, I have that, uh, like a big bottle of that chloroseptic spray. Yes. Which is always like the—that is the sort of—that is the remedy of last resort. Because the problem with that chloroseptic stuff is that it just numbs everything in your mouth because it's a—it's a topical anesthetic. And so I guess the point is that if your throat hurts, you know, like the, you know, it hurts to swallow or breathe or you know, exist or whatever, you use that stuff and it—it it just obliterates the pain. But the problem is that it—it it, it just removes any and all mouth control that you might have. So if I have to use that at some point today, it's going to get ugly very quickly because then it, then you're just you're incapable of speaking at all with any degree of efficiency. So that's good. that's going to be um, kept behind glass until I absolutely need it. Good morning, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Good morning. I've kind of a throat thing going on too, except for I can't stop coughing. So that's Excellent. fun. That's going to be the best day. It's ever been a today. glorious morning. Awesome. All right. Hello, Tim Riley. How are you on this Wednesday? My voice is fine so far. Okay. Well. <laughs> One of us has got to keep it together today, and I vote that it be you. All right. At the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news.
News with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. From the CBS News Center, it is 505. Highs today will only be in the mid-80s. Cooling off a bit, but not very much. The jury still can't reach a verdict following four days of deliberation in the faith healing trial of that Oregon City couple. The judge sent the jury home yesterday afternoon telling them to come back at 9 o'clock this morning to try it all again. A teenage boy has been arrested for allegedly shooting up the Lentz Fred Meyer. 17-year-old Stephen Fowler will be tried as an adult, and that's why we're naming him. Cops say he and another kid let the bullets fly after security guards stopped them from shoplifting beer, and a scuffle ensued. Hey, try this name off for size. The Beaverton Beavers <laughs> instead of the Portland Beavers. I, I, I saw that this morning. I mean, I guess they get points for... Uh, they get points for... I was going to say points for style. They didn't really get that. I guess. The, I guess it's not points bad. Yeah, I mean, it's just. It just seems. It just. That, seems that is silly the name of their high reason. school team, by the way. Yeah, I suppose. Even the I, Beaverton Lady Beavers. I suppose that I'm. I suppose there's no point in overthinking it, but it does seem like we could probably come up with something better than that. So the mayor of the Beave is pitching the idea to team owner Merritt Paulson. The site of the former Westgate Theater, which is a big empty lot next to the round of Beaverton, would be a perfect spot for the stadium, or so they claim. And it's on the max line, too. You'll remember just weeks ago, the people of Lentz turned thumbs down on the stadium idea they claim would ruin the crime-ridden flavor of their neighborhood. <laughs> I was going to say, they don't, they don't want anything to bust up the, uh, the tranquil peace of that part of town. Darkness falls in Asia during a total eclipse, lowering masses. It is the longest solar eclipse of the century, casting a wide shadow for several minutes over Asia and the Pacific Ocean early this morning, lowering throngs of people outside to watch the celestial spectacular. Day turned into night. Temperatures turned cooler in cities. Villages teem with amateur stargazers. The total eclipse could be seen starting in India early this morning. It moved eastward toward Nepal, Bangladesh, Bhutan, Vietnam, China, and parts of the Pacific. Millions cast their eye toward the heavens to catch a rare view of the sun's corona. Cloud cover in some areas prevented people from fully seeing the phenomenon. Still, many were odd. That's A-W-E-D. Sarah Palin's in trouble. Can you believe it? An independent investigator has found evidence that Governor Palin may have violated ethics laws by accepting private donations to pay her legal debts and the latest legal distraction for the former vice presidential candidate as she prepares to leave office. An investigator for the state personnel board says in his July 14th report, there is probable cause to believe that Sarah used or attempted to use her official position to gain, well, personal gain, because she authorized the creation of a trust as the official legal defense fund. Did you see the cover of, and I know the answer to this is no, even before I ask, have you seen the cover of this week's Time magazine? I haven't seen Time Magazine in years. You know, I, I was actually thinking of that last night because I was at uh, I was at Safeway uh, last night, and I was standing there in line just because I, like you, I always try to go to the supermarket late at night, but of course, you know, getting up... Except if you're in Lentz. See, that's... Which, which case you just try to... Uh, it, as soon as darkness falls, you just hide behind put on the mylar. barbed wire. But, um, but of course, doing this show and having, you know, being here at 5 a.m. just means that I... My usual midnight shopping trips are just, uh, they've been curtailed because, uh, you know, I'm just going to be asleep at that point. So I have to kind of go to the supermarket at the same time everybody else does, which sucks because it's just a zoo. doesn't matter where, and that has nothing, there's no particular supermarket, you know, you, specifically. You just, anywhere you go, you're just going to be uh, stuck behind a bunch of grubby-faced children and their fat parents who are rummaging through their purse for coupons that they are never going to find. So I'm standing there last night and I'm just, I'm holding my purchases in my hand, just uh, patiently waiting to approach the register. 
And I realized that that is the only time now that I read either Newsweek or Time or any of those magazines. Because, I mean, the, like the days that you would subscribe to Time magazine are just, uh, it's long gone. You know, it's sort of like uh, reading the Saturday Evening Post or something. It's just, uh, that is that is from the past. Receive a free digital clock. Exactly. Would you like a phone that's shaped like a football? Subscribe now. So I'm standing there last night. I'm reading uh, the front of the Time magazine, and it's Sarah Palin. And Sarah Palin is standing. They've got this shot of her where she is standing at the end of a, um, not a pier, but a dock. She's standing at a dock, and she's so she's sort of out in the middle of the water. So you can barely see the dock. And Looking then the, at Russia? Yeah, the rest of it, it is one of those places where it's like at the very edge right before the water starts. And it's her surrounded by water, and she's got her arms crossed sort of deliberately. And it says, and the, and the, the cover just says, Sarah Palin, the renegade. Looking at some water. And I thought to myself, it, it, like it's not like a year ago when at least you could make the case that, that there was a reason to be covering her. Like at this point, there just there just is no reason. She's no longer she's not going to be the mayor of Alaska after two weeks. She hasn't announced she's going to be running for president. She will, in fact, be unemployed without a job and apparently not seeking a job, you know, in about 10 to 12 days. It just it seems to defy all logic to put her on the front unless they you, might have a part time job at the cut and curl beauty parlor of Wasilla <laughs> at the curl up and die beauty salon. Um, unless you just operate under the assumption that putting her on the front will automatically sell copies of that magazine to a certain demographic like like the my in-laws demographic which i guess is not like entirely out of the question mm. so anyway so i guess the long and the short of it is that uh, we're going to be faced with her for quite some time she's just not going away anytime in the immediate future let's do uh, one more and then we'll uh, get caught up well milan will be the first italian city to bar drinking for use under the age of 16 when this ban is about to take effect the Prime Minister says he favors extending the ruling nationwide. Faced with a growing youth drinking problem, the City Council in Italy's fashion and business capital voted to crack down on underage alcohol consumption. Until now, kids under 16 could drink with no problem in Italy, but now they're becoming more westernized. Well, did you read that thing? Uh, there was a story that came out today. There was some town in Texas where they a guy went into a strip club and there was some 14-year-old girl stripping. And he went and he told the cops about it, and the cops came in and they discovered that there were multiple girls under the age of 16 stripping, and then they realized there was actually no law forbidding it. This is one of those things that uh, varies apparently from town to town and ordinance to ordinance. Well, now they're finding out why they're changing this law is 34% of Milan's 11-year-olds have drinking problems. <laughs> According to a I'm recent sorry, it's, survey. It's, it's wrong to laugh at alcoholism in children. Well, it's in another country. Oh, then it's fine to laugh. It's and in fact, problem. It, is, it is encouraged. All right, straight ahead, we'll uh, have more from Tim Riley at the news desk. Coming up next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Later on in the morning, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here with another exciting installment of Food Porn. And uh, we will be giving away a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2 coming up sometime. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. This is Rock 101 KUFO. All right, then. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. 
228 So Sarah and I were comparing illnesses during the break. So I don't think I'm actually ill at this point. At this, at this juncture, I think I'm still healthy, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. But I think I've spent the last two or three days. It's where you've got, you can feel the illness uh, sort of staring at you from over a hill inside your immune system. It's sort of scoping you out for weakness. And so I'm trying to, uh, so I'm trying to fight it off. And I think I've got the fatigue from the, it's sort of like the cumulative exhaustion of three days of trying not to get sick. Mm -hmm. So, but that's okay. I'm going to play through the pain. I'm just saying if it, uh, if at any point today I begin to sound a little ragged around the edges, that's, uh, that's from where that's coming. I'm just a little pooped because I didn't get a nap in yesterday. Oh man, I did. I got a nap in like nobody's business. You won't believe the napping I did yesterday. It was awesome. And you know, and I, and here's, and I managed to angle just, and here's another thing you should know. Not only did I nap. But I, but I had the thing where I angled the air conditioner directly down. Because, see, if I nap during the day, Lara's gone. She's at work. So I can adjust everything exactly to my liking, which means that I can point the air conditioner directly to my spot on the bed. Um, because you know I can angle the uh, little vent things down so it blows directly, which is probably not good for you. I mean, I think it's probably um, – it just seems – instinctively, I want to say that it's unhealthy for you to breathe air-conditioned air from like a foot away from the vent. But it doesn't matter. I will gladly... That may, in fact, be what's making me ill, but I don't care. I would rather be... I would rather remain cool and find myself with a failing immune system than be healthy and hot. Uh, it doesn't matter. That's a trade-off that I will gladly make. So I spent about two hours, about seven inches in front of the air-conditioning vent. Yesterday afternoon, just... Just blowing directly on me. And just kind of... Oh, it's awesome. Just sleeping away. So I'm just saying, don't be jealous. Uh, ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center. It is 525. Highest today will only be in the mid-80s. 33,000 people could have been given bad vaccine shots. The State Department of Health claims there's no health risk to the useless shots since they don't do anything. What are these shots supposed to do? Well, prevent you from getting polio, measles, mumps, hepatitis, flu, rubella, and a long list of other things. Only three clinics administered them, so if you're in one of the three clinics, I guess I'll get in touch with you. Let's go back through Until those. then, you get all this stuff. Let's, like let's, polio, let's, mumps, measles, hepatitis, flu, and rubella. If getting polio is very, uh, that's so 1939, Tim. It's very, uh, maybe it's retro. Maybe it's time to bring polio back as a sort of a throwback to a simpler time. Let's go through those diseases one by one. Polio. Okay. Polio. Doesn't polio sound like it should be some sort of a... Uh, polio sounds like it should be sh- some sort of a foreign candy, you know, that you would get at like a little market, like right next to the marzipan of some kind. You know, I'll take uh, I'll take some uh, whorehound and also some black licorice and then uh, a quarter pound of polio, please. Thank you so much. And it would come in some sort of a... It would have like a caramelized sort of coating. All right. Next. Mumps. I don't know what the mumps are. In my head, when I picture the mumps, I just... Picture someone, like, lumpy? That's that's exactly what (laughs) I picture, and it's because it rhymes with lumps. Greg, do you know what the mumps are? Could you... Greg doesn't know what the mumps are either. I have no idea what they are. I don't know what the symptoms are. I don't know how mumps manifest themselves, itself. Is that singular or plural? Itself? Itself. I thought (laughs) mumps is plural. If Are you getting more? I only have a single mump at the moment. I, uh, but I want to catch it before it gets any worse. I've just got this one mump here on the inside of my thigh, but uh, oh. I'm afraid that others may. Uh, I'm afraid that others may be on the horizon. All right. Yeah, I don't know what the mumps are. What's the next one? Hepatitis. Okay. Here's the thing about hepatitis. I know that it's bad, but I don't really know what it does. I don't know what it does. And, and isn't there like five different kinds? Can't you get like hepatitis five and three? I have shots for all three because I went to Eastern Europe. So, so is it a, uh, 
You can get it from food. You can get it from anything. But, I mean, is it a uh, like an intestinal illness? Is it an illness of the face? Does it make your hair fall out? Is it your toes? I couldn't tell you. You put a gun to my head. I couldn't tell you what hepatitis does. Isn't it, is it a liver disease? It might be. You don't really know, do you? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, once you get once you get immunized for it, you don't care anymore. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Unless you get immunized at one of these clinics, oh, in which case true. they apparently just use Folgers crystals to inoculate you. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what's after hepatitis? Flu. You know what the flu is? I know the flu is short for, uh, for uh, influenza, and it's more or less like getting a cold, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's swine-tastic. All right? Rubella. Couldn't tell you. Sarah, rubella? Never heard of it. Greg, rubella. Okay, no. Is that it? Yes. Yeah, I have no idea. So of those illnesses, really the flu is the only one that I even kind of understand. So I wouldn't know if I had, I guess, you know, if I woke up one day and I couldn't move my legs, then apparently I, I, I would have polio. But beyond that, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't explain any of the others. All right, here's Tim Riley. A riot police are separating protesters in a Texas town. Texas State Police have swarmed into the streets of the eastern uh, Texas town of Paris, Texas, and broken up a tense standoff between screaming black separatists and white supremacists. About 100 people are protesting the state's handling of a black man's dragging death. Uh, apparently, this is the flashpoint near a courthouse in the Texas town of Paris. Look, I hate to oversimplify, and I hate to make light of America's racial difficulties, especially in light of the fact that they arrested Henry Louis Gates. Did you see that story? Yes. Henry Louis Gates, who is one of America's premier uh, scholars and intellectuals, I mean, regardless, I mean, if you, leaving even issues of demographic and culture aside, mm-hmm. uh, he's one of America's uh, the, the premier thinkers. He's uh, as they as they would say in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's uh, he is a pontificator to the extreme. You know, and of course, in addition to that, he's one of America's premier black scholars. And I think Time Magazine actually called him one of the twenty-five most influential Americans. Period. Some some time back. And so I guess he was trying to get into his house the other day, and he couldn't get his house key to work, like his front door, the, the, the lock was all kind of gummed up. Mm-hmm. So there's Henry Louis Gates, who's one of the most influential people in all of the United States. And he's sitting there, and he's kind of wiggling his key because he can't get the door to open. Somebody drives by, and they see a black man wiggling the door uh, handle in front of a house, and they call the cops, who immediately come out and handcuff him and stick him in the back of a car. And this happened in Cambridge, of all places. In Cambridge. I mean, with, I mean... Where you would think that, I mean, there are civilized people there, but apparently not. So the black guy wiggling a door handle, it must be something bad. Let's stick him in the back of a patrol car. So uh, there's going to he probably won't sue them uh, because there's been so much media attention about this already that it would probably be. But I got to tell you, if it was anybody uh, but him, because I think he's actually already said that he doesn't want to add the difficulties by filing a lawsuit. But that's like a 50 billion dollar charge just waiting to happen in any event. So, not to make light of all the problems we still apparently have in this goddamn ridiculous country for you know for no readily apparent reason, but if Texas, if, if, if you say this this fight is happening between black separatists and white separatists, yes. Well, if they They're both want to be separate, what's the problem? Just shut the hell up. I mean, seriously. I mean, if you both decide that you, that's it, you just don't want to have anything to do with each other, and you just want to be separate to the, you, you know what? Have at it, friends. Just that seems like a problem that fixes itself. Just leave the rest of us out of your difficulties. For the love of God, Jesus. The New Jersey State Superior Court is giving the warring sides until the end of this week to settle a dispute or head to trial over a sex tape featuring a star from the television program Real Housewives of New Jersey. Wait, hold on. Hello. I love that show. Which uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to see these ladies naked. Well, I wouldn't want to hear them talking while being naked. 
The judge expects to see legal briefs before July 30th. Should the case move forward? <laughs> That's not the only briefs he's going to be seeing, Tim. Yeah, well, yeah. Danielle Staub is filing suit against her ex-boyfriend for allegedly taking some saucy pictures and videotaping their private moments without her alleged knowledge. A temporary restraining order against Stephen Zalewski bars him from selling the alleged tape to the highest bidder. For now, both sides are set to appear in court next Tuesday for arguments. It doesn't really sound well, like... She's the pretty one. It's not an alleged tape if the judge has already said he can't sell it. That sounds like an actual tape. Mm -hmm. She's the pretty one. Can I tell you that I've only ever seen that show once, and it was when you were watching it in here one day before the show. Oh, God, it is so ridiculous. Uh, You know what I have seen multiple times? It was The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I've seen the ones of Orange County. Uh, I don't find her to be all that. Uh, She's got a huge head. That that forehead is massive too. That is, she's like a kind of a slightly less uh, less interesting version of Edie Falco. That's kind of what she looks like there. Have you seen that Real Housewives of Atlanta? I've only seen one episode. The show is awesome. I mean, it's not the sort of thing that I would sit and watch by myself. Lara watches it occasionally, which is why I'll sort of be exposed to it. But it just, it really is it really is fascinating. And I don't know to what degree that show is any sort of accurate representation. Uh, you know, of, of that slice of uh, of American life, but it's that is a, that is a compelling program. There's mm. no going to be on it. Is the Real Housewives of New Jersey the thing where they were punching it out in a restaurant a while back? Yes, I did see that. I think that's the one yeah. that you were watching, and there was uh, and they were screaming. It, it is as those shows always do. It devolved down to a bunch of women in a room, each of whom was accusing the others of being skanks, walking at each other. Yeah, seriously, it was like they were all. Everybody else in the room is a whore except for me, and then they just started punching each other in the face. I love American television. Let's do uh, one more, and then we'll uh, take a break. Well, for unknown reasons, Washington State has one of the highest stroke rates in the nation, and treating stroke victims in rural areas has been a problem. Now through cameras, computers. Well, the future is here. Doctors at Swedish Medical Center's Institute in Seattle are consulting in rural cases. Swedish doctor Bill said the system is working That's not well. A, he's not a real, he's not a real Swedish person. I'm saying it right now. The uh, nurses are well-trained. The doctors are well-trained. We know each other by face. This guy isn't Doc- from Sweden. <laughs> Dr. Bill? Well, Dr. It's, it's Bill from S- Sweden? No, no. It is It is called the Swedish Medical Center. Right. For whatever reason, it doesn't mean that the employees themselves are Swedish. I don't understand. It says, well, the name of this establishment is the Swedish Medical Wouldn't Center. Wouldn't that imply? Oh, but it's in Seattle. Okay, so it, yeah. is it stocked with Swedes? Yeah, it doesn't elaborate. All right. Uh, on the uh, the status of the I guess Swedes. It, <laughs> Maybe it's a franchise. <laughs> I guess in my head, if they don't have like a big floppy chef's hat, they're not throwing chickens around a the kitchen. They're not really Swedish to me. If they're not busy saying it like Horgan Florgan, then that's, uh, wow. that's the sort of benchmark. All right, well, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm sorry. Am I, am I offending your your Swedish heritage or whatever? <laughs> Who cares? Lorgenbergen. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's what that language sounds like. It's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of weird, uh, like short vowel sounds, and then like you know that 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 O that has a line through it, and that's it. That's the whole language over there. Hergenflagen. So it's like three Done. words. Yes, yes, and umlauts over everything. Hey, can I tell you this real quickly? Sure. Ten seconds. I figured out how to type an umlaut yesterday. Oh, I've always wanted to know how to do that. I know how to do it. I'll tell you after this. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show continues next. Coming up next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Cat. Oh, did I tell you this thing about vagina? No, probably not. A specific one? Or- yes, it is about a specific vagina, Tim. Who's You'll find out be? whose vagina next. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Pick up the phone and call. Oh, 
303-228-4101. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Sounds like the title of a Steinbeck novel, When the Cows Escaped. Is that what that 911 call is? Is that the woman, she's in Alaska or some damn yeah. place? Mm-hmm. All right. The escaped cows. You know what I I meant to do this last weekend that I didn't. I was going to do a montage of all of our greatest 911 calls. There are uh, just so many. Well, yeah, because I've got the, uh, let's see here. I've got, uh, I've got, I've got this one. Let's see if I, my computer's turned up. I've got, uh, oh my God, I'm looking at a baby. But the thing is, I don't think I have the full version of that. I'd have to find the full call somewhere. So there's, there's that. Let's see. What else do I have here? Um, uh, let's see. What other 911 call? See, I don't, I don't think I have. I think as time has gone on, I've just edited out sort of whatever the, whatever the greatest bit of the, uh, of the call is. I don't think I actually have full length versions of a lot of our, um, of a lot of our great 911 calls. Like there's the, um, there was the guy who called the cops from McDonald's because he wanted the cops to come because he felt like he'd gotten shortchanged on his order somehow. Yeah. And the cops are like, if you, you know, if you don't knock it off, we're going to come and arrest you. So you that come a, arrest me. That was in Aloha. That's right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, at some point I may, I may edit all those together. Hey, uh, real quickly, uh, speaking of things of a random nature, you can go to rickemerson.com and see this, or you can go to my uh, Facebook page. Um, but uh, if you go to rickemerson.com, I think it's the most recent blog entry. I think it is the, the toppermost of the poppermost there. Yeah. And it just says, um, it's the first entry, which just says, of Eight Mile Vaginas, uh, which is, uh, it is a link to the now completed video uh, for the new Storm Large song, which is um, from the soundtrack. It's all very complicated. It's a single from the soundtrack uh, to her one-woman show called Crazy Enough, but it's also, it is essentially the new Storm Large album as well. Anyway, so the first single from that is the song about her vagina. And so it's done. The video is now complete. It's finished, uh, it, it, and it's, it's been released. It's online, and it is by uh, Portland auteur James Westby. So you can see that online right now. You go to rickemerson.com and click on it. You can watch the entire video. And the, the thing, it's a, it's a fantastic video. It's great. Mm. But but just as as a standalone uh, piece of art, the song itself is golden. I mean, the song is stuck in your head forever because it's like this. Is it hideous... appropriate for work? No, it is not appropriate oh, they're, they're for not, work. They're not showing that they're, that part of the or stand in for that part of the body. No, we should actually say uh, the video itself. I mean, visually speaking, the video itself is just it's beautiful. It really is is stunning. And in fact, the video, the the visuals of it. If you were to turn down the sound. I think the video is entirely clean and appropriate for uh, for mixed company, as mm-hmm. they say. It's just the song itself, because it's Storm. Especially toward the end. <laughs> yeah, it's just the lyrics. You get to the end, and they're just going to peel the paint off anything around you. So you, you want to make sure... It's not a sing-along. Uh, well, depending on where you scandal. are. It's, a, it's definitely a sing-along. De- depending on where you work, I suppose. If you work at Hustler, maybe. Uh, but you probably want to clear the kids and the boss out of the room before you uh, before you watch it. But so uh, congratulations to Storm and to James Westby, uh, who have got uh, another brand new uh, project and that is anything now else online. about the video. Sarah Dillon is in the video, and so is um, Rick I've got a, a small cameo as well. You and don't you can... have a small cameo; you have a big one. Your I am face uh, is pretty predominant in there. I am I am right next to Mark Aceto, who is a Portland author and uh, opera singer. So that's which is bizarre. So it's me and Mark Aceto. What are you singing about? <sighs> singing about vaginas. Storm's vagina. <clears throat> so he's not so much uh, singing. As is it your own composition, or were you given the lyrics ahead of time? Uh well, I'm sort of uh, I'm sort of scatting, as Steven Tyler would uh, would say. We'll watch I'm, it during the break. It, oh, okay. it was almost his. Yeah, but when I was watching it earlier, it was it's. Almost, uh, oh, I, wasn't watching it. I really am just doing. 
See, and I, we have to kind of cut this short because otherwise it's going to be very frustrating. We're talking about something we can't possibly play. Sarah and I were discussing this during the break. There's no way that we could edit down Storm's new song to play on the air. I mean, we could, but it would just be pointless. It would just, the song, there would be no song left in the song. How about if it was done by the Muppets? I don't, I think that would just be even more disturbing. Maybe we can find another word to substitute for vagina. But it's not just that. See, that's, see, I don't, that just robs the song of its, of its beauty. Yeah. If you, Sarah, if you take away the vagina, there's nothing left to love. This is true. Uh, so, um, and then, but the song just becomes entirely and utterly uh, profane toward the end. So there's nothing I can I can really do to make it airable. But you really ought to go check out the video and its, it's accompanying song at uh, rickemerson.com. You just so click something there. something all the kids will be singing. Well, it it's going through my head right now. I have to keep st- stopping myself from singing it. If the comments on my Facebook uh, page are any indication, many, many listeners have opted to let their children sing along with it word for word. I've already read a couple comments this morning that said, my kids love this song. They know every line of it. So, you know, that's... Uh, it's a new rainbow connection. Yes, that's exactly right, Tim. Um, so there you go. So you can go watch that. It is the uh, the video for the new Storm Large song. Uh, you can see that at rickemerson.com. All right, uh, Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this Wednesday morning? A woman sits on a hot penny getting a permanent tattoo of Lincoln on her backside. <laughs> she sits on a hot oh, Okay. I thought you said panini for a second. No. All right. Well, I, I imagine she could. but She sits on a hot penny? How do people get these stories? Did she call someone and say, I just sat on a hot penny, sent a cameraman right over here? That was going to be my next question. Is, how how do people know penny. these things? What news organization has enough time and manpower these days that they can, oh my God, a woman sat on a coin. Go find her. Apparently so. The phrase be, hot penny it, is just funny. It'd be a great publicity stuff for like Coin TV. That's going to be my stripper name is Hot Penny, by the way. And, and incidentally... Uh, you know, if, if these news organizations are all blown away by the idea that a woman sitting on a hot penny, uh, there's a woman who does this thing at a local uh, striporium that they really got to go check out. Strings? It's, it's not a. No, I'm talking about that. Uh, there's. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the lady who put the strings and she can move her boobs. That's not. That's not what I'm talking <laughs> about at all. Wouldn't I'm talking about Marionette. Have you ever seen that woman who? Uh, In a, of sorts. Yes. Have you ever seen that woman who? Uh, she has her own, like her own personal tip jar. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, all right. Well, I'm just saying it's it's you know makes sitting on a penny look really uh, you know incidental makes makes it look even more interesting. So apparently they sent a crew over and is there, interviewed. Is there a the picture woman. of the penny ass? I, I have not seen the picture. Well, we'll have to find out. It's we'll just a tease. And then a rabid raccoon wreaks havoc in New York City. Rowdy Rodney Piper is charged with DUI. Is that um is that in California that yes, that happened? Who? <coughs> pardon me. No. Like. Uh, a few months ago, also charged with one. Uh, I think that was somebody else. I think we had the story we, two weeks ago. I think that he got pulled over, but I think they just now officially charged got him. It. Who else got hit with DUI? It wasn't. It was Janie Lane from Warrant, but I think I saw a mugshot of him a couple days ago. He's some lady from Three's Company. Uh, oh, Joyce DeWitt, who's yeah. looking bad, by the way. That's uh, Joyce DeWitt. And here's the thing about her: you could tell she wasn't going to age well because she has those sort of she has those sort of delicate bird-like features that you knew were not going to look so hot after ten or twelve or fifteen so years. She's better off sitting on a hot penny. Well, I mean, she's 62, and she just looks... At a certain point, you've got... Certain people can hold back the hands of time, and it looks okay. Certain people, though, have you noticed this? That the more that they try to look as though they are not aging, it's like, paradoxically, the older they look. You can just smell the desperation or that's, see it on their face. Right, that's that's the thing. It's like certain people, it's like the it's like quicksand, where the, the, the more they scrabble around to try to get out of it, the, 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 dig, the, you know, the deeper and they dig themselves. And so it is a Joyce DeWitt, who looks like she's about 70 in that. She looks like the world's worst Liza Minnelli uh, impressionist, is what she looks like in her mugshot. All right. Well, we'll do this. We'll uh, come back at the top of the hour with more from Tim Riley.
At uh, 620, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, at 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week will be here with uh, another installment of Food Porn. Peter Carlin joins us at 8. And we'll have a Geek Watch coming up today, as well as your chance to win tickets to Crewfest 2. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Portland, Oregon, the greatest city on God's green earth. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up this hour, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will join us from uh, New York City. 7 o'clock, the Willamette Week's Kelly Clark uh, will be here. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian at 8 o'clock. Uh, a pair of tickets to Crewfest 2. Uh, that is uh, coming up at some point today. We'll give you a, a chance to win those, etc., etc., so on and so forth. Oh, our second uh, shout-out for this week. I meant to do this yesterday. So yesterday we were talking about uh, Mark and company at Janta Beach Home Depot. Uh, today we want to uh, say hello to Doug at Bank of America, who listens to us. Uh, so our good friend Sarah Wagner passed his name uh, my way. So uh, via Sarah Wagner, hello to you, Doug. All right. um, ah, about the umlaut. So right before we went to break, we were talking about uh, the umlaut and how I figured out how to type one. Now, this this is only for the Mac, to the best of my knowledge. This may be the way you do it in Windows, too. But I figured out for the Mac, the deal is you hit, uh, I think it's that, uh, it's what is it, the option button or whatever? Which I think is the, uh, I think that's the, the Mac key. It's the thing where the little, uh, the little Apple logo is. Mm-hmm. So you hit that and then the U. So you hit option U and then you release it. Then the next key you hit will type with an umlaut. So that may or may not work in Windows. It does not work in Windows. Ah, well, there you go. So okay. I'll have to figure out the Windows mechanism. Because I, I was trying to type Queensryche or something the other day. And of course, I'm just. Or Crewfest. Or Crewfest. But usually, what I've done in the past, like, if I've had, and I'm such a stickler for this, that if I've had to type the word motorhead, what I've had to do is go online and find somebody who has already typed motorhead with an umlaut and then just copy it and paste it back into my, my existing document because it pains me to type motorhead without an umlaut because I feel like I'm letting Lemmy down in some way. Like I'm just sort of like somewhere he Lemmy is shedding the smallest of heavy metal tears for me. And so I finally just had I was just sick of it. I went online and I was just like, how do you type an umlaut? And somebody uh, had it written out how to do it. It was a problem that apparently many dudes had faced and somebody had figured it out. So I think in the Mac it is. Option U, and then the next vowel you type has the umlaut. We'll find out before the end of this hour. We'll find out how to type an umlaut uh, in in Windows. Yeah, if you, uh, no, please to be helping. So us. y'all can uh, be more uh, metal. All right, at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, six oh three from the CBS News Center. Highs today will be in the mid eighties. Oregon's foreclosure ranks eleventh in the nation. There have been 19,000 filings since the beginning of this year. Meanwhile, the average price for a foreclosed home fell $26,000 to about $185,000. So if you have the money to spend, there's some bargains out there, but nobody has the money. Meanwhile, a bank now owns the historic Columbia Gorge Hotel on the Hood River. The owners filed for bankruptcy with guests at the hotel. It opened up in 1921. So the question is, why can't a restaurant chain... Operate one of those mobile food trucks, like these small food vendors do? That's a question Burgerville is asking, and nobody says they can, so Burgerville is testing out the idea of having a waterfront mobile food truck. 
offering a uh, limited menu. And so this would be like one of those, uh, be like one of those, uh, a taco truck. Like yeah, one of those like metal paneled uh, trucks that yep. kind of goes around. God, Burgerville sounds amazing right now. <laughs> it's like the fourth time you've mentioned. Do you just want me to go get you a cheeseburger during Will the next break? Go get me a cheeseburger. Like the ninth time you brought it up today. I, when is the last time you ate? Mm, this morning. I see. All right. But so I ate it like th- like three. Is this just one of those things where you've? Be- it's just been. I've just too- been thinking about it, and I just. You know, it just gets stuck in your head, and then you can't stop thinking See, until you have it. I was I just going to say, a lot. that's this is, that's one of those things. It's one of those things where you're, you're you know what it is? It's like when you get a song stuck in your head, like let's say a song about Storm's private area. Uh, you get it stuck in your head, and you finally you're just like, damn it, and you have to go dig up the song somewhere. You have to put it on mm-hmm. your stereo and just sit there and listen along all the way through, and you go, all right, come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. No, 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 okay, done. And you, you, you sing it out, you hear it, you sing it, you're done, mm-hmm. and then it's out of your head. I'll get that way with food sometimes. Uh, and the thing is, here's, and I, Sarah and I have both been accused of being rather food obsessive. Mm-hmm. But I know that it's true in some ways because I always yield to that temptation. I never once have resisted. Yeah. So, like, if I get it in my head that I need macaroons, by God, I'm going to end up going to the. This just, I mean, I, and I don't even try to fight it anymore because I know that eventually I will go. You'll have to because I can keep shoving my face full of healthy stuff or, you know, Eat one crappy thing today. Occasionally, your body just wants something bad. Yes. Not that Burger Bill's bad as such, but I mean, it's not like anybody thinks it. You know, having a bacon cheeseburger nine times a day is a road to Wellville. Mm-hmm. So, oh, bacon cheeseburger sounds oh fantastic. Damn you, Sarah! I Dillon. want those Tillamook cheese burgers right now. You know, these pants are already We've feeling kind of tight. Stop talking about food. All right. Okay. I'm sorry, sorry I'm, a, Tim. I'm a woman. Uh, here's Tim Riley. You can talk about food all you want. I don't. You no, can have mine. It's a bad idea. <laughs> you can, you can Why have do you have to be such a show-off? I'm not going to eat all day. In fact, I might just have celery for the rest of the month. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it seems that Rowdy Rodney Piper. Rowdy. Rowdy. Rodney Piper. <laughs> There's no N. There's no N anywhere in his name. I know. That's why I'm not going to try to repeat it again because I keep adding ends every time I say it. It's just, uh, it is Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'll just, I'll insert his name through the rest of the story. Arrested for, if, when I point at you, you have to say his okay. name. Okay, all right. The L.A. County District Attorney has decided to file criminal charges against... Rowdy Roddy Piper. ...for his DUI bust earlier this month. Rowdy Roddy Piper. ...was charged with one misdemeanor count of driving under the influence and one count of driving without a valid license. This stems from... Rowdy Roddy Piper's... ...late night arrest in Hollywood, July 2nd. The 55-year-old... Rowdy Roddy Piper. ...wrestling legend is, if he's convicted, he faces a maximum fine of six months in jail and a $1,000 fine. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Case goes to the front of the judge on Thursday. Awesome. So there you go. So that's, and we've uh, had him on the show before. We have. Uh, I think we've had, we had him on the phone once, and then we finally, about six months ago, uh, had him in the studio because his kid... Uh, Colt uh, was was going to be was doing was doing a like sport MMA fight. Thing. Yeah, he was doing the mixed martial arts thing. So um, this says uh, Tech says, "Hey, I just saw Storm's video uh, slash song for the first time. Uh, it's amazing. Also, his Rick's part shot at Mary's. Not that I know it by sight or anything. Yes, it was. Uh, so if you, uh, I don't know, it's toward the end of the summer, you'll see a little a little shot of me. And I'm. Oh, it's not a little shot. It's you <laughs> yelling quite a bit. You'll see a big uh, attention whoring ham like shot of me." I think Bobby actually said that I was hamming like Oscar Meyer. Or no, hamming like Hormel is how he put it. Uh, so you'll see a shot of me at the end uh, where I'm kind of doing my my bad. Like three shots of you. Yeah, I'm doing this bad Steven Tyler uh, thing. And uh, it's me and then a Portland author slash opera singer slash way more talented uh, than I am, Marcus Cito. Uh, Mark's partner Floyd is on the other side of me. Byron Beck, as he always does, <laughs> found a way to be in the shot as well. So Byron is right there. 
So it's me surrounded by a bunch of gay men at the rail at Mary's. So it's pretty much the best there thing ever. Just bottom line it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, so, I mean, really, what do you need? What do you need beyond that? The answer, nothing. Uh, here's Tim Riley. A 12-year-old girl is reportedly the latest victim of a suspected spray gluing of women's hair in Texas stores. This latest incident happened last week at a Walgreens. I don't know what that was. Rowdy Ready Piper. Yes. <laughs> the latest incident happened late last week at a Walgreens in the Houston suburb of Pasadena. The preteen was at the store with the grandparents when the suspect, described as an older teen, approached her and sprayed a glue-like texture into her hair. She later noticed her hair was sticking to her shirt and told her grandmother. Some of her hair fell out, too. The rest had to be cut. Uh, oh, that sucks. That's a totally sucks. was also so sprayed with glue at the same Walgreens, and a similar incident happened to another woman at a Kroger nearby. How do you spray somebody with glue, though? They're spray glue. Is it? I guess it's, I'm sorry really? to be That's so simple. That's <laughs> No, 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 hold on. Slow down. You're going a million miles. Okay, a all right, keep up with me. <laughs> it's like hairspray, but glue. <laughs> I'm so loopy today. So you've the, never seen it. You've never used it in like projects or anything. Oh, I Oh, I guess I know what you're talking about because it's what Elwood uses in the Blues Brothers uh, to uh, spray down the accelerator for the uh, Winnebago that belongs to the Good Old Boys. It's like it looks like spray. It looks like crayon spray paint, but it's glue. All right. That... On Gossip Girl, they have this thing called a Nair cocktail. Uh-huh. And there was this girl that was messing with them, and so they filled a, a martini glass full of Nair and then accidentally tripped and dumped it all over the back of this girl's head. And then her hair fell out. Uh-huh. Awesome. I'm uh, surprised they can't rig it up so it sprays out of one of those blackberries. The spray glue. Well, I, I don't understand. Where are you going with that? I don't. I was just throwing it out there. You're saying <laughs> just if you were going to rig something with glue, it would be a BlackBerry. Yes. That seems like it might take a little more know-how than perhaps your average 12-year-old in Texas has. I would put it past them. What do I know? So these, so they sprayed away. Well, that would that, that totally sucks. Couldn't they just dip your hair in, uh, I don't like it, like a solvent of something, which is probably not good for your hair. It'd be better than shaving it all off or something. Because there was all, that's why she lost a bunch of hair. Maybe I get that that they probably did. They probably did dip it in like an alcohol, maybe to dissolve, uh, dissolve it. But then it probably just weakened your hair, or damages it so much you have to just shave, shave it all off. Because there was always that kid, you know, that would fall asleep in bubble gum or something, and then they would say, "Well, you have to put ice on it." None of that stuff works, by the way. This is put like ice on it. Well, yeah, because if you get gum in your hair, they freeze say you're it. supposed to freeze it, but you can't stick your kid's head in the freezer, not without violating several other laws, I would imagine. And so they say you're supposed to put ice on it, and then you, you know, hit it with a hammer, and it breaks apart. But that doesn't—it does, just doesn't really work. You end up having to, because you can never get all of it off, because you can never totally freeze it. Mm. So you end up having to cut that chunk of hair out anyway, which uh, which I would imagine sucks a whole lot. So. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Then uh, more news from Tim Riley. Coming up later on the day, tickets to Crew Fest 2, plus a uh, reissue remastered copy of Dr. Feelgood, which they will be performing in its entirety. 7 o'clock, the Willamette Week's Kelly Clark. At 8 o'clock, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. And still to come, a geek watch. You stay there. We're live from Portland. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. Call 503-228-4101. Stick a bastard in it, you crap! The Rick Emerson Show returns! Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here today. Uh, we have uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian at 8 o'clock. We're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2. And Tim Riley is working on the following headlines for your Wednesday morning. 
A giant tortoise has been stolen from a Portland home. Spokane will have to pay $425,000 after a prisoner is killed by jailers using tasers and donkey kicks. Oregon's foreclosure ranks at 11th in the nation. I think it's getting worse. Donkey kick. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> there. Kink. I, donkey. Well, I was going to say I think a donkey kick is something else, but donkey kink might also work in that context. Oh, by the way, if you're looking at the uh, copy of today's Oregonian, the feature article is something called How to Build Up Your Bone Bank. So, I mean, if that's something bone you're... Bone bank? Uh, yes, Tim. If your bone bank is uh, depleted, if you'd like to build up your bone bank, I just like saying bone bank. Apparently, there are many, many tips on uh, how to do that. Let's welcome now to the show from New York City. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm curious what a bone bank is. I don't really know. Uh, and I almost don't want to know because I imagine the reality is not uh, going to measure up to what my imagination is conjuring right now. Mm, okay. uh, it's probably something uninteresting having to do with health or living long or something like that. Yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Yeah, it's about health. Nah, I don't care. So, uh, what is up in your world, my friend? How's life in the big city? Uh, doing well. Uh, it stopped raining finally. That's the... good news. Uh, and the stock market's on on its hair. I will. Uh, I was actually going to say that this is one of those. Uh, this is one of those stories that about one out of every I don't know fifteen times we bring it up actually is true. But it does seem like things are quite legitimately on an upswing at least at, the, at this moment in time. Yeah, yesterday the Dow closed at a six-month high, the S&P 500 at an eight-month high, and it's earnings reporting season for the second quarter right now. Twenty percent of the companies that make up the S&P 500 have reported their earnings so far, and of those 20 percent, 60 percent have exceeded expectations, much greater than expected earnings reports. So that's driving stocks up right now. So we've got some good news on that front. And then there's this, uh, something that we've been talking about because it's a, a sort of a quasi-local story, is this uh, this U.S. soldier, from he's from uh, uh, Ketchum, Idaho, who got taken captive and he, he turned up in this Taliban video. Let me ask you the first things first. Have, have we heard sort of a definitive explanation as to how this happened? Because the military, I think, at one point was saying that he just walked off the base, that he, he just left. And then we heard a version that he left, but he was in the company of some unknown gentleman. The guy himself says in the video that he was out on patrol with his uh, compatriots and kind of fell behind and got snatched up when he, when, you know, the, you know, when he was isolated. But I don't really know that we've heard what the truth actually is do we know yeah those are the three uh the three stories that are out there and obviously some of them uh, conflict so it's really not 100 percent clear and i suspect we won't know the truth until this story comes to a culmination so is there i mean what are the what are the plans for this guy it seems like if stories are to be believed we have at least some tenuous control over afghanistan so I mean, do we have any idea kind of where specifically he's being held and if so is somebody's going to go uh, kick in the door at the appropriate time well well, his captors said he was moved to Kandahar, but uh, it's really not clear if that's where he actually is. You know, you, you really don't know. Uh, what happens typically in cases like this where somebody uh, is being held hostage or taken captive, you, you, things tend to quiet down because the people who are negotiating like to do the negotiations uh, uh, below the radar, don't want to bring it, uh, you know, to the forefront and, and have it out there in the media. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, things quiet down for a while while they try to figure this out. It appears that whoever uh, took him captive, uh, they were low-level uh, low militants and then quickly traded him up uh, the line until he became 
the captive of this sort of high-ranking uh, warlord-type figure. All right. I want to know what you have to do to be classed as a warlord. That seems to be a phrase we throw around a lot. I don't know if there's any sort of accurate, like if you have to pass some sort of exam or something to get that title. Because that war, there's warlord. I mean, as you just pointed out, you start as you know as the uh, the sort of the bottom feeding level, which is just thug or hooligan, and then you get passed all the way up to the top until you achieve warlord status, which sounds like you've. It sounds like you've, uh, you know, uh, mastered some sort of, um, you know, some sort of superior Dungeons and Dragons uh, rank of some kind. So hey, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say it's uh, the modern day Dungeons and Dragons. So first, Obama is fighting pirates. Now he's fighting warlords. So it seems like he'll be fighting multi tentacled beings from the planet Zarknon uh, next. So all right, well, I guess we'll wait to kind of see how it develops. It does have sort of shades of that Jessica Lynch story that we had some years back. Where yeah. And I guess that was in... Was that in Afghanistan, Tim, or was that in Iraq? Where did that happen? It was Iraq, wasn't it? Iraq. Yeah, where she was, was Iraq, yeah. And uh, rest assured, you know, the armed forces are doing all they can to figure out where he's being held. But, you know, in, in a country like Afghanistan, you know, that's virtually impossible. Uh, good God. All right. Well, on that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. We will talk to you very soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and It's true. People are living under boulders like scorpions. I mean, just... Well, and... As as Steve was just noting, it doesn't really help matters when they themselves can't. The military can't seem to figure out exactly what the story is, or how it is he came to be captured, or whether he just you know quote walked away at some point. So God Almighty! All right, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. We come back. We will talk to uh, Tim Riley at the news desk, who has more edification for you on this Wednesday, seven o'clock. Uh, the Willamette Week's Kelly Clark will be here with an exciting installment of food porn. Uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian uh, Crew Fest two tickets on the way. Tickets to Judd Apatow's new comedy, Funny People. It's all uh, when we return. Stay there. We're live from Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. Rick Emerson Show continues next. Ladies and gentlemen, you and your groin, you you keep listening. On Rock 101, KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for reminding me of uh, Joseph Scruz. There, I forgot all about that. How could that. you forget about Joseph Scrooge? Yeah, there's so much to keep Scrooge. track of here. We do. You know, let's just be honest. We generate so much genius on a daily basis. We really need to have. You know, what we need to we have on the show. That's all courtesy of Michael Jackson. It's. I. But I mean, we. But we. We are sort of an aggregator of genius. We're sort of the. Uh, we're sort of the dig. dot com of the radio world. You know, we just sort of take all the genius that, that that accrues elsewhere and we concentrate it down into large doses for the people. We need to have some sort of like a, not a stenographer, but what is the, uh, the it's the, like a, the court reporter, you know, that just sits there and just sort of keeps track of everything. And then they stop occasionally and what's his name? Matlock says, can you read that back to me? And then it says, uh, I killed him. I killed the bastard. I killed him. I do it again. All right. Now, wouldn't you agree that this indicates your guilt? And then they oh, go I on. We need to have one of those guys who just sits in the corner of the show and then who can re- repeat something back to us, which I think I tried to institute at one point. I think it's uh, like maybe seven or eight years ago. I think we tried to get somebody who would just sit out there in the audience and just sort of make bullet points of everything we did over the course of the day. But I think it lasted like a day and a half, and then they were just exhausted from it, and we weren't able to pursue it any further. I'm just saying that's a thing that would help, because otherwise we lose a genius like Joseph Scruz, which was one of Michael Jackson's pseudonyms when he was obtaining illegal medications. Incidentally, 
I had all kinds of weird Michael Jackson dreams last night, and they were all with late period creepy clown Michael Jackson with like Pennywise Michael. Someone was he ever... laughing hysterically? <laughs> no, oh, he creepy. was flapping his wings above your bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. But thanks for putting that image in my head. <laughs> Uh, and then Lee Rogers from Couple was there, too, so that was creepy. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the... Not uh, physically there, but in your dream. Rick, well, who's to say? It was <laughs> early in the morning. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you, sir or madam, as the case may be? Hello? Hello, sir. How are you today? Yes. Oh, good, mo- good morning. Yeah, I just had a quick uh, music trivia question to start today. Is this something that I have to answer because it's a question that's been bugging you forever, like what is the pompatus of love? Not that deep, sir. Or do you know the answer and you're quizzing me and we're having some sort of face-off right now about music knowledge? Okay. Oh, you seem like a musical file, so I try it. (laughs) Okay. What is your question, sir? Who was David Gilmore's greatest protege that he discovered at the tender age of 16? Kate Bush. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Everybody kneel before me just for, like, three seconds. No. Okay. I thought that might work. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right. Now tell us what David Cassidy's been doing. So you already promised to do that, and you haven't delivered. Okay. See? I bet the David Cassidy fans. Apparently, whatever he's doing is fantastic. (laughs) This this just in. David Cassidy. We have to turn that off. Where is that coming from? Why did that music just start happening? DavidCassidy.com. The fans. Is that his website? Okay. We have to go back to it then. What? What is this? A song. Is this a known song? This sounds like a new song. Is this like one of the songs from his uh, upcoming record? Read A Chance to Go to the Beer Garden. It says, okay, we, we're all popping our heads to Dear friend, please turn sometimes we go through life feeling invincible. Sometimes God sends us a very clear message that we are not. Yeah, you know, I'm shocked the- and saddened by the sudden death of Michael Jackson. <laughs> His controversial lifestyle made headlines. But it was Michael's amazing talent and passionate humanitarian efforts that touched the hearts and lives of so many around the world. I love Michael's music. My own son, Bo, knew all the Jackson 5 songs early and sang them for years before his own voice changed. Can we please turn this off? All right, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, David Cassidy's thoughts on Michael Jackson. Good that he's keeping up on current events. What does he think about the Lindbergh baby? Moving forward, uh, so David Cassidy... Oh, he was already on Good Morning America this week. And we'll be on Jimmy Kimmel Thursday. Here's why. And we are endeavoring. I'm not going to say it's a sure thing, because we have tried and failed uh, to have David Cassidy on this show before. And we'll tell that story here in in just a second. I I don't know if I've got the sounder handy. But, pardon me... We may or may not be having David Cassidy, uh, Partridge Family fame, and other things on this uh, show at some point uh, next week. It would probably be next Monday if it happened. Here's why. Because David Cassidy has a new television series. And I'm unclear about whether it's an hour-long, like it's a drama, or whether it's a comedy. It is called... Uh, Sarah, Ruby you, and the Rockets. Ruby and the Rockets, yeah, is the name of it. And it's Sean Cassidy, and it's that girl who was the daughter in Spy Kids. If you've seen... I forget her name, but if you've seen any of the... Oh, sp- she's the one who was in uh, Repo, the genetic opera. Okay, yeah, that's exactly... Her name is... Uh, Alexa she, Vega. That's exactly what it is, yeah. And she. So if you've seen Repo, or if you've seen any of uh, 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 Rodriguez's uh, Spy Kids films, she's the daughter in there. So she and David Cassidy are going to be in a series together along with Patrick Cassidy. 
You ask, who is Patrick Cassidy? Here's how I know you're asking. That's his younger brother. I didn't know that. This morning I was like, who is Patrick Cassidy? And I actually wondered if it was a coincidence. And I went on Wikipedia, because I'm a retard, to look up all the Cassidy brothers. And they're sort of the Baldwins uh, of their time. So Patrick Cassidy, yes, he's David Cassidy's younger brother. So here's why I will watch this show, Ricky and the Rockets. Or whatever it's called. Ruby and the Rockets. What is the name of the program? Ruby and the Rockets. Ruby and the Rockets. Ruby and the Rockets. So the premise of this is that Patrick and David Cassidy are now adult former teen stars. Uh, so that is, you know, essentially playing themselves in some way. So they are uh, adult men who were stars, you know, in their youth in the 70s. Patrick Cassidy is a suburban dad. He's well-adjusted. He's stable. He's got the daughter. David Cassidy plays the brother who's still... Wait for it. Holding on to his glory years, waiting for a big comeback, still wanting to live that rock and roll lifestyle. Everything is going fine in Patrick Cassidy's household. He's raising a daughter, and he's trying to instill good Christian values in her. When suddenly the brother shows up, and then events spiral out of control, and it's a nonstop train to Wackyville. So that happens. And you this morning, Tim, asked how it is that Sean Cassidy, or how it is that David Cassidy got a gig. It's because of Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy, who is the other younger brother. Who looks older than David Cassidy. But you know what? Sean Cassidy has got his act together, though. That's the thing. He never got into he never developed a drug problem. He never got started drinking. Sean Cassidy has actually produced a lot of television shows as well. Uh, so Sean Cassidy decided, I think early on, like once he had that Dudu Ron Ron song, I think he figured, like, this is it. Like, that's that's the end. Of, this is the high watermark of my career. So Sean Cassidy became a TV producer. And God bless him. I don't know if this is because of family pressure or whether he honestly felt it was the right thing to do. But he wrote a TV series and then cast his brothers David and Patrick in it. So the Cassidy brothers are clearly uh, doing it for themselves. So that is why David Cassidy has a TV show. And as you pointed out, Danny Bonaducci isn't the only one who should be allowed to kick the corpse of the Partridge family every now and again. Right. So uh, that is going to be premiering soon. We might have David Cassidy on the show uh, with Alexa Vega, by the way, uh, to promote that. So stay tuned for the details. Ooh. The last time we had that David DeCastro, tried to have David Cassidy on, do you remember why we it did was not? Scotty J. Scotty J. blew it. Our, produ- our production assistant at the, si- at the time, Scotty J, booked David Cassidy for 1 o'clock uh, because we were doing a midday show. What he did not realize, though, is that he was inadvertently booking him for 1 o'clock Eastern time. <laughs> and so then at 10 a.m., apparently the phone just started ringing here, and it was David Cassidy trying to get on the show. And David Cassidy left a series of messages going, Scotty J, David Cassidy, don't know why you're not answering. Setting this up my whole morning to talk to Rick Emerson and crew. And it was probably heartbreaking for David Cassidy. You have to look at it from his point of view. <laughs> he waited his whole life to talk to us, and then it was thwarted. All right. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 647 at the CBS News Center. Got to get off that website, Tim. Oh, like hang on. Computer. <laughs> Let me get rid of, we have to stop have the to Dave, Cassidy. Dave Cassidy. I know it breaks your heart. <laughs> Our top story, Ferdinand the Giant Tortoise is missing. Not just missing, apparently he's been stolen from his owner's home in Northeast. Ferdinand was left out in the yard, which he shouldn't have done. Well, I guess it's his own yard, so why not? Near 154th Avenue in Halsey, around 11.30 a.m. Later, a man picked Ferdinand up and took him away. Who could be so cruel? Last October, Ferdinand was at a petting zoo at a farm in Washington County when he escaped for a while before he was found, so... Ferdinand is a giant 
sulcata tortoise. Uh, how, is he one of those like thousand pound Galapagos yes. tortoises? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How would you even steal a, a, a tortoise that big? You have to be strong enough to pick him up, I guess. I mean, it seems like you would have to. That's Maybe a, he's tame. That is a premeditated. Well, even tame or not, I mean, what, mm-hmm. what, what is it? Even if he's even if he's well, a wild tortoise, what is a wild tortoise going well, to do? A tortoise can't run away. No, I mean they. And Not it, really. Have you ever visited the tortoise? They have, they have the two, like maybe two or one, a huge, a huge tortoise on uh, the corner of Twenty Eighth and Broadway at that pet store there. No, it no, is a, I, I don't the think biggest I have. tortoise I have ever seen in my life, and it just hangs out in the store. It just sort of sits it. there. Mm-hmm. Going, uh, a tortoise well. can't be in much of a hurry. No, I mean it's, it's like really it, neat being a tortoise. Even if he decided to cause trouble for you, I mean, really, what is what is he going to do? Uh, this brings up unpleasant echoes of my childhood. When I was growing up, we had a uh, we had a pet turtle that was of the largest variety, maybe the size of. Uh, I don't know, maybe about the size of a small dinner plate, and uh, and then and then that you know that was actually stolen from our backyard, which I've which I sort of blocked out all these years. But we came home one day and the gate was open and the turtle had been taken and I was traumatized for weeks after. So now, thanks for bringing back a painful childhood memory, Tim. You bet. All right. A big bed bugs have forced the closure of a Silver Springs cabin. It must have been a light news day. Uh, these <laughs> pests were brought in by campers. In cabin number three. Why are we having so many bed bug stories recently? I don't know. It's, it's a national epidemic. A couple and their baby woke up to the bites July 8th and were forced to leave their belongings behind. A professional pest control team has been dispatched to the scene. Are we really having a story about a place where there were insects? In yes. one cabin? This in one just cabin. In, cabin in, number three. Insects spotted <laughs> in a single three. cabin. Cabin number three at Silver Spring. Which, by definition, is a house in the middle of the woods. So, so somebody had to go down and investigate. Once you're sleeping in the middle of the woods, cabin or not, you cede your right to bitch about the fact that there's nature around. Isn't somewhere. that part of, of camping? Oh, hey, by the way, so we have this, I'm sorry, Tim, breaking news here. We have breaking news. According to uh, the fine folks at K2, Carl Click has reported the turtle has been found. The tortoise has been found. Repeat, has been found. The tortoise has been returned. I, it's, uh, wait, hold on a second. Where's my, uh, where's my breaking news sound? It's disrespectful to the tortoise. Can we get Carl on the phone? That's not the breaking news. Can we get Carl on the phone? Get Carl on the phone. Yeah, but where are my photos? Don? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you today? Hey, I just want to let you know, um, you're talking about how to use Option U for Apple. It's also Control U for PC. Wait a minute, hold on. So you're talking about typing an umlaut. Yeah, exactly. You were saying on the Apple, it's, it's option, you know, the Apple. Right. Icon. You type option U and then whatever the next value you type will have an umlaut over exactly. it. Exactly. But for PC, uh, it's control U. I'm going to try it right now in I'm real time. I'm doing it. The weird windows now, popping now, up. Now, let me say one more thing. I want to hear American education if I can. Hold on a second. I'm uh, Control U? Right. And then Now, do I hit control U and then release, or do I have to hold those two keys down while then typing the vowel? Mechanically on your hand, it works the same way as it would on a Mac. All right, hold on a second. I am running Windows XP on this computer. By the way, Rick, it's Chris Finster. Hello, Chris Finster. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good, dude. Just, How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> one, one, one second here. I've got I to gotta figure out how to do this. Am I holding down control U? Exactly. Okay, now do I have to let go and then type the vowel, or do I do all three at once? Uh, try both. I would, I would go with the latter first. No, I got nothing. I'm just getting Sarah. Anything? No, a window keeps popping up. I can't do it. Either. No, it's uh, no. It's, I'm not even going to try it. I very oh, seldom use an umlaut. Oh, now I inadvert. Now, now, see, it's now it's trying to open some document that I've never opened before. This is frustrating. Never hit control. Me. Okay, so now I'm trying to do it in a Google document. It's making an underline. I figured out what happens if you hit control U and the type of vowel that fills me with hate. That uh, that appears to be the function. All right. uh, Chris Fitzer is a uh, is a uh, local I music. Know, I, uh, I, whatever. I, I want to hear that song though. Can we play that instead of Stone Temple Pilots or whatever the crap? I should say this: that Chris Fitzer. Fen- uh, Fincer is a guy on the uh, on the local music scene who uh, was 
was part of a project that I cannot discuss, Sarah. The, a project that I am constrained from discussing, oh, according oh, really? to CBS. I oh, am not. Okay. Uh, we'll I am. That. I am not. I'm not able You're to struck do with that. Wonder about it. <laughs> All right. It is Chris. Yes. The that is something that uh, I am. Uh, I am not allowed to discuss in its full flower here on this radio program. So uh, perhaps at another time I can uh, I can do that. I'm sure they might be able to find something on the internet. Let's do one uh, more here, and then we'll come back with Kelly Clark at the top of the hour. Well, I hope we can get Carl Click on the phone to find out more about this. Well, now this umlaut thing is just driving me crazy. Hold on a second. Let's see. Let's see. Control. You go ahead and just uh, bring us another news story, Tim, while I try to type an umlaut. A Denver police officer faces felony charges after allegedly using his gun to speed up a food order at a McDonald's drive-up. They report Derek Curtis Saunders allegedly pulled his weapon on an employee while waiting for his order at McDonald's drive through window. The employee told police the 29-year-old officer was with another cop when the incident took place in the wee hours of the morning. He's facing menacing and weapons charges as well as prohibited use of a weapon, reckless endangerment, and disorderly conduct. He's currently suspended without pay. By the way, I just tried some weird key combination to try to do an umlaut, and I've apparently... This is the thing that, uh, that that Windows does that will just drive you mental within the space of a day and a One half. Of millions of things that Windows does. <laughs> I've just uh, I've just opened. Did you ever open a program on Microsoft Windows? You didn't even know it existed. So I just pressed some button combination and I opened Microsoft Utility Narrator. The hell is Microsoft Utility Narrator and how do I turn it off? All right, this can't be. I'm gonna have to reboot everything here. All right, damn you, umlaut! Damn you to hell! Straight ahead, Kelly Every Clark. Every time you say umlaut, I, I think of that Hanson song. <laughs> Back under this with Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. We'll stay the Rick there. The Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO. Portland. Alright, I never thought I would say this. I am now officially requesting that nobody call, email, text, write, semaphore, send smoke signals, send carrier pigeon. Please don't communicate with us in any way about umlauts. Ever again. Ever, ever. That ever. was a mistake. We're done. That was that was really a Pandora's box that should not have been opened. That was something best left unexplored. Tim has the definitive answer anyway. Tim? So you hit the control alt shift button. And there, then... Wait a minute, all three? Yes, all at once. Okay. You have two... And that, you have that many fingers you can do. That's it. presuming I have two hands. If not, I'm left to my own devices. I, and just I sticking the teeth time. long fingers, you could. You know, like here, I, we're opening this back up again. We should just stop now. And... And then you tape one letter, and I forgot which one, Greg. <laughs> but it worked. Okay. I, I umlauted. Is this something that Nibbler finally clarified for you? Yes. All right, we're done. And... Scene. It's 503-228-4101, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up at uh, 8 o'clock, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian will be joining us. And uh, at some point before the end of today's show, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2, which is next Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Next Tuesday, the 28th, happening at uh, Clark County Amphitheater. You can find out more at KUFO.com. Don't forget, coming up uh, this Thursday, starting Thursday at noon, though, our friends at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge are going to be selling general admission tickets to Crew Fest 2 for just $10 each. That is just 10 bucks each. Limit 8, though. Apparently, there was an issue with uh, some folks just getting ready to sort of camp out there and just sort of clear the place out. That is uh, Limit 8 while supplies last, and that is starting this Thursday at 12 at Dick Hanna Dodge. You can get yourself a Crew Fest 2 ticket for just 10 
million. It's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Returning from her three-month tour of Europe, Scandinavia, and the subcontinent, the Willamette Week's Kelly Clark. Hello, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. It's nice to be back. Well, you look all... Uh, you look very tropical. The word you're looking for is tan. I was just going to say tan. I couldn't... <laughs> Should we compare? Well, the, 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 me? well it, compared to myself, everybody uh, looks tan. I mean, your average like albino... Ivory. The, it makes me feel really good. The Winter Brothers tan. look tan <laughs> compared to me. But you and Sarah are both on the, uh, you're both on the tan train right now. Tim and I are as pale as we ever were, but that's okay. We take that every summer. It's a wonderful trip. So you and your husband went to... Uh, We went to Southeast Asia. We went to a little bit of China. We went to Vietnam and Thailand for a month. And I know that we discussed this before you left, but was it... Like, is China a country that's difficult to get into or out of? Uh, yeah, you have to do some visa work before you get there. But once you're there, uh, the public transportation system is quite nice. Although everything is in Mandarin, so that's kind of tough. You have to make it over the Great Wall of Chocolate first. Is that before a, you go in? I think you're yes. thinking of P.F. Chang's. Oh, yeah. You're, you're thinking close. of Bridgeport Plaza. Are you, is it's it exactly thing the same, actually. Where, like, about. if you're a Westerner there, you get treated much better than probably the average Chinese citizen does? I mean, uh, do they spot that you're like an American with American money, and so therefore... Well, uh, actually, I mean, <laughs> they can spot that, yeah, you don't look like everyone else. So uh, we, you know, actually in China, people kind of left us alone. We were in a city called Guilin, which is it's kind of like the Portland of China. Mm-hmm. It's where a lot of Chinese mainland Chinese, uh, mainland Chinese tourists go to hang out. It's beautiful. There's rivers. There's limestone cars jetting out of the earth. It's gorgeous. And so they just kind of looked at, looked at us weird. It's like, dude, we're on vacation. Like, what are you doing? Right, Like, right. Are you here for like, a business Why are you here? here? Yeah, but they know about the Blazers, so they're psyched about that. Awesome, really? So would yeah, because you... Yao Ming, so, and he, uh, against uh, the Blazers, so they're like, Oregon Blazers. When uh, my wife had gone to uh, it was to Panama a while back, and she said that she, and uh, she was there, and she was, and I was talking to some guy she met somewhere, and they're walking along somewhere, and there was like a, like a club or a bar or a restaurant, and she wanted to go inside, and they let her in, but they actually stopped him at the door. And she couldn't figure out why the guy couldn't go in with her. And it turns out that it was a place that only, that, that essentially only tourists were allowed to go into. Oh, wow. Um, that it was a place that, that catered exclusively to tourists and largely to American tourists. And so I was wonder, I was wonder which side of the coin you get when you go to a place like China, whether they're, whether they're deferential because they want the dollars or whether it's a whole lot of like, all right, Yankee pig dog. Uh, no, you know. we're more like the bumbling, like indie version of the Griswolds. So we basically <laughs> would just walk around town and anywhere we saw a crowd of Chinese people that looked happy. We would just walk toward, and uh, it got us into some trouble. Like, we went to a restaurant, and we started picking. It was, like, just a fluorescent-lit room with a charcoal grill and a bunch of bowls, and somebody was eating something green that looked good. So we started pointing to everything. We found out later, after they laughed at us hysterically and brought us food, that we ordered from three restaurants in the same room. Fantastic. You know, so they, they humored us, and, you know, we learned how to say hello. What is the, uh, what is the strangest or most off-putting thing that you ate? Uh, what? What is the strangest or most off-putting thing that you ate? Uh, st- strangest, but also the tastiest, was a whole deep-fried pigeon on a stick. Uh, it's delicious. When you say a whole pigeon, I oh. mean, do you mean... Uh, clip, well, without the feathers. But I mean, they just but they well, take off the feathers. The, there's a head and... and so it's beak claws. and everything? I'll show you the picture. It's awesome. Um, yeah, that that was also in Guilin. I mean, we had a lot of amazing things in Vietnam and Thailand, too. But the weirdest, yeah. we There's a bunch of restaurants uh, in China. Street food is... Just anything you want on a stick. Do you want chicken innards on a stick or fish balls or a whole pigeon or some beef? And then they just dip it in this spicy, smoky sauce that is just to die for. And then you just kind of point for what you want and they just slam it in the deep fryer. Awesome. Yeah. And then you just drink beers and and eat and cry, actually, at the table. Weep. From happiness and uh, <laughs> this is from, the best pigeon I've ever had in my from, life. Do, do all from the, China, the entire from pigeon. Happiness. Yeah, the entire pigeon. And I was a little freaked out about the head, uh, but Dave was like, 
I was like, I don't know if I can eat Ed. And he this crunched. is your husband? Yeah, he's he's even more intrepid when it comes to food than I am. And so he crunched through half the head was like, oh, it's so good. So then I had it. <laughs> and it basically tastes like... It's a phrase I don't hear enough. The best crunchy part of, of uh, Popeye's. That's basically what oh. it tastes like. Do you feel like maybe the the deep fried pigeon stand is the next great thing to grace 12th and Hawthorne? I'm thinking I might have to quit my job and just do that right now. We have a multitude of pigeons. Uh that, it's I, a win-win. I think you're the that pigeon. Portland can handle the pigeon. I, I think they can. Let me ask you. Here's a question. Let me ask you this: If you were to, in other words, if you did not know it was a pigeon, if somebody were to put deep-fried pigeon on a plate in front of you, and you're eating with your eyes shut, or it's just, or it, the appearance is somehow altered, is it a thing that you would peg as being completely unlike anything you've ever eaten before, or does it, uh, does it taste like a uh, quote normal food? Well, it, it kind of tastes like crispy bone shards of deliciousness. So, yeah, it's a very different texture because, you know, there's you eat the meat, but then you're crunching through the bones, too. But they just taste like the little crispy parts on fried chicken. Well, apparently, you know, I was actually reading the paper this morning. We were having this discussion about... <laughs> Sarah's freaking out. I know, it's kind of gross. <laughs> we were I think just... you're eating, like, pigeon brains and eyeballs. Of but, all like, things... I think they don't really have a brain because I didn't taste any brain. We were... Yeah. Well, clearly... That... that's clearly, yeah, I was just going to say, how big can the brain really be? They end up on a stick being eaten by Kelly Clark. I mean, exactly. really, it's, it's, not, it's not like you're eating one of God's higher evolved uh, creations right <laughs> I don't there. know the chicken innards were like the chicken intestines which I got by accident were a lot more confusing because I just kept chewing them and they weren't going anywhere <laughs> and I was like these are really good it's like chicken flavored chewing gum that I'm gonna chew forever <laughs> it's like chicken sap yeah it's like chicken sap so that actually yeah, weirded me out a lot brains. more than yeah you would think chicken would be you know or bird of any kind would be the safest route when you're in a foreign country but mm, a little bit different we'd like to welcome everybody to the breakfast hour here <laughs> Rick Emerson Show. All right. Uh, well, let's do this straight ahead. We will talk more to Kelly Clark. We'll find out about the uh, the Best of Portland, Best of Portland uh, issue, yeah. which uh, comes out today for the Willamette Week. And uh, we will uh, have a smattering of other things which, which you, uh, with which you can amuse yourself uh, this week in Portland. So stay there. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Peter Carlin for the Oregonian. Later on this hour, your chance to win a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2 happening next Tuesday. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Wednesday morning. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 K. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an epping clue. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. Uh, sometime between now and 8 o'clock, we'll have a, a pair of Crew Fest 2 tickets we're going to be giving away. That happens next Tuesday at Clark County Amphitheater. You can find out more at KUFO.com. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Wednesday morning. Looks like somebody may have drowned in the Clackamas River, falling off a cliff at 2 o'clock in the morning. Obviously going off the trail and obviously, possibly, consuming alcohol. The exotic pet ban becomes law. And there are rumors of the effect that the giant tortoise has been found, but still... We can't confirm it. There's, we can't confirm it. Somebody told me that Carl Click was reporting it uh, this morning on K2. And, you know, even secondhand, Carl Click's word is law to me. So And never wear Chinese slippers in the bathroom, or according to the rule of this package, <laughs> and I don't understand why. You learn something new every day. Well, they, they have rules, Tim, and you follow those rules. So Kel- Kelly Clark for the Willamette <laughs> Week is, is uh, back after touring Asia, and she brought... So Sarah got earrings, and then They're Tim and beautiful. I got... beautiful. Thank you again. You're welcome. Tim and I got paper sandals. Uh, <laughs> and a Chinese... Which way does it go? They had cultural value. I thought you would appreciate them. These Obviously slippers uh, come with the admonition that uh, these are, quote, slippery. 
and that I am not to wear them into the bathroom. And as you yes. pointed out, that does sort of prompt the question, where is it that I would be wearing these paper slippers elsewhere? It doesn't really seem like... To a, the disco. The, for the fashionable man about to... <laughs> for the fashionable man about to... Uh, Try slippers. Are these Chinese or another Asian country? Uh, those were... Thailand, but then I thought it was really funny that they were in Thailand and they were Chinese, which is really funny because everything in Thailand is made in China. I mean, also, when you try to buy, to be honest, when you try to buy trinkets in China, it's all the stuff that's here. Because it's all made in China. Well, no, that's where you realize we really are living in one like big China. Like everything would be made in USA and China? That exactly. would be shocking. Everything's made in Akron. In China. Uh, let's talk about the Best of Portland uh, issue, yeah. Will, on a week, which comes out today, yes? You know, yeah, if you're going to go on a month-long vacation, the only thing, it's good to come back to something this best. It's my favorite issue the entire year, a Best of Portland issue. We do it every year. We pick out the things that make living in Portland awesome. So this year, we have more than 50 things. We have a transsexual owl. We have a one-armed guitarist that's better than even a normal guitarist. We have an amazing uh, animal cremation unit. Um, All sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, You would not believe the stuff that crawls out of this town if you turn over. Did you have a best of radio show this year? Uh, No, we did not. Who won that last year? Wait, did you just retire the category? We did a much shorter poll because, you know, it was a very lengthy poll. It was like 40 questions, so we cut it down to 10. So we did not have that. But So really, we're the last. I boosted our self-esteem. So really, this is like our jersey is going to But you know what I can just tell you? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be up there fluttering forever. And I can tell you, yes. uh, According to Willamette Week, you guys are the best radio program. Awesome. There I just decided that, but I always thought that my word is law. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we operate under that assumption anyway, Kelly. So this is in addition yeah. to my uh, now my now four years running as Oregon's Entertainer of the Year. We are once again best radio show. You're once again best radio show, and just put a little asterisk that says according to Kelly. Clark. So, uh, well, I mean, That's well, true. It makes sense. To what higher authority would we possibly need? Uh, well, yeah, really. Uh, we should really actually just make a jersey and just hang it somewhere. We should just hang it up, uh, you know, like out in the Two hallway. Years running. Yeah, seriously, right next to like you know, right next to Pistol Pete Maravich. Just, you know, I will lobby to put it back on the list next year. It was just, it was getting conflated. It was like best vacuum no, store, I, I think, best grocery market. That's not new seasons. Like it was just, I mean, there was literally a category that said best bookstore. That's not Powell's. I think we it should was actually just, it was getting a little out of town, uh, out of hand. So, uh, you know, actually we did best, you know, best business and Powell still won. We should actually just do uh, a poll cart. here inside the studio to decide if we want to retire that category once and for all. All in favor? Never mind. See, I was talking to myself over so here. They don't listen to you. The, uh, the best, no, I was listening to you. Radio, I don't want to retire. I thought we weren't responding. No, no, no. We're going out on top. That's uh, okay. that's my that's my operating assumption. Sure Obviously, you didn't understand agree. his clever. That's the. Uh, I think that we should just uh, take the win and we should just take the ball and go home. That would be my. Uh, that would be my estimation. And then our friends at the Grilled Cheese Grill, you said apparently, kind of uh, cleaned up. Uh, they were great. Uh, with these fried pies, that fried pie cart I was talking about right yes. before I left, one best uh, food cart. But Grilled Cheese Grill not only came in second in Food Cart, but then they came in second in like all these other categories. Everywhere like else. Best thing in Portland. Just bar none. Grilled Cheese Grill, <laughs> number two. So if you're number two in like six categories, I'm pretty sure that, that makes you number one. Number one. Best well, they won, our East, they won our Eat Mobile Best Food Cart. You know, they're not lacking for number ones here. So they're actually going to be, we're going to have a big party tonight and they're going to be there. So Excellent. They are great folks. You should go chow on a Grilled Cheese. So the new issue is on stands today. It is the Best of Portland issue from Willamette Week. Well, congrats. You made it back. And thank you for bringing us slippers and so forth. And earrings. And I think you should put on the slippers, Rick. I think you should put on the slippers. Well, I don't think anybody wants that. I think that I don't think anybody wants to be exposed to simply my feet covered by bits of paper. I also brought you a, a creepy modern Buddha. Oh, and and a creepy modern Buddha book. So thank you so much. I'm gonna, oh, you're welcome. I'm going to put this. Next, I'm going to like. I'm going to go home and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to create a little display uh, where I set this next to like a Ginsburg book or something. Yeah. And then I just sort of gesture at it dismissively and go, "That's just something I picked up in the Far East." Don't next to the shrine of all the other things I've given you. Exactly. Like a gum yes. wrapper. <laughs> this is the pen that Kelly gave me one day. With like, with like a uh, little, uh, <laughs> with like little sardine cans with candles burning inside them. Like my friend Chris in high school who. 
it was one of those guys you know in high school, and everybody knew a guy like this, or occasionally a woman. The guy who was really unbelievably gay, and everybody knew this but him. And uh, you would go to his, uh, yeah. go to you go to his house, and it's like you go into his room, and he had on his dresser this shrine um, to Winona Ryder, and it did in fact have little candles. Uh, burning around pictures of Winona Ryder that he would cut out of, you know, like Premier Magazine or whatever oh, it was at the time. Oh, so creepy. And he would actually refer to her in, like, just the lispiest voice you could possibly imagine as my wife. And I can't really replicate, but, and, and it was sort of creepy, but not in, like, a serial killer way. It was just in, a, like, a, dude, See, come on. You I know? had this guy in high school, but it was a lot more apparent because he actually had a subscription to International Mail. The the catalog with man's gladiator sandals and yes. the linen, the see through linen yes. shirts, and he just uh, straight face thought it was just the coolest apparel ever. <laughs> and we all tried to hint that all the men in there looked rather uh, oiled up and ready to. Bob, you know, I think you're in denial about something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelly He's Clark's a very nice from, uh, boyfriend now. Willamette Week reader and print in the Willamette <laughs> Week are online at wweek. Uh, dot com. We come back news from Tim Riley, ladies and uh, gentle folk. Uh, coming up at eight o'clock, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Still to come today, Geek Watch. Also, a pair of uh, tickets to Crew Fest to stay there. Back after this, we are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Wednesday morning. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts. We'd like to glean it from your brain. Your tasty, tasty brain. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's really hard to think today. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful down. <coughs> I know how I feel. Jesus. Oh, man. Can we stop the uh, music here? Hold on. <laughs> Just recreate the beginning of Sweet Leaf. All right. <clears throat> Ready? Who wants to try that again? Okay, let's I do. start. Thank you. All right, then. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. Right. I'm going to go home and try these slippers on. I'm going to wear them everywhere. Just not in the bathroom. That's right. Slippers that, uh, that Kelly Clark brought us from, uh, from China. All right. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, the Oregonians, uh, Peter Carlin, uh, will join us. Also got a pair of uh, tickets to see Crew Fest 2 sometime in the next 23 minutes. Uh, so be listening for that. It is uh, coming up sometime in the next uh, 20 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. It's 503-228-4101. This is your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center. It is 7:38. Not quite as hot today. It's only going to be in the mid 80s, so that is good news. Well, K2 claims that Ferdinand, the giant tortoise who was stolen from his home, has been found. Somebody left Ferdinand out of the yard at 154th and Halsey around 11:30 yesterday. Apparently, somebody picked him up and took him away. Well, now. He's been found. That's um, all we know. So that we do know he, he has safe. been located. The yes. additional details are not known to us at this time, but he has been discovered and returned back According home. According to K2. Excellent. So I uh, thank uh, Carl Click and his team for that one. So somebody drowned in the uh, Clackamas River this morning. A <sighs> couple of people wandering around in the woods at 2 o'clock in the dark. One I'm of them sh- falls off a cliff. I'm sure alcohol was not a factor, Tim. Um... Alcohol was a factor. Oh, I'm uh, sure alcohol was a factor, Tim. So now your tax dollars are being uh, used to find this person. Spent to fish drunks out of the river. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, well we're done. dead. Yeah. So enough of that. What were the, the Clackamas River all that clean to begin with? 
I think if you're drunk and you fall into the river, your body got to be left there as a warning to the others. You know what I mean? Maybe. I, I mean, it's not my favorite vacation spot by any means. Spray painted like a day glow orange of, of some kind. Whenever I go to the river, I just pray to not end up like a Darwin watch. Oh no, that's every it. time. And here's the thing: was it you? That's that what I actually said before I before I went cliff jumping this weekend. I'm like, I hope I'm not a Darwin. Watch. You went cliff jumping this weekend? Yeah, there were cliffs, and we went like shooting down waterfalls. And stuff. You didn't tell me that. Like on mm-hmm. Wide World of Sports. Where was this at? Exactly, up like in, on Wide World of Sports. Up in Washington. Uh, so at this place called, um, it, it's right near uh, Molten Falls. Multnomah Falls? No, Molten. Molten Falls? Mm-hmm. Isn't Molten, Molten Falls sounds like it's very, it sounds very much like it's a volcano and an active <laughs> one at that. Molten Falls. And so when you yeah, say you like went a, cliff was, jumping, isn't like, not like an Acapulco where you're just literally jumping off a cliff no, was, into the water below. It was below. a swimming hole surrounded by... So like an like old a, swimming hole. Yeah, sandy beach surrounded by rocks that you could jump off different sizes of cliffs. And there was a waterfall like down the down the river. So we climbed up all these rocks and then kind of shot down the river in front of the waterfall. That's creepy. Did you know how deep the water was? In the middle, you couldn't really tell, which kind of freaked me Oh, that's me great. Out. And you also you know, know there's like a big spiky, jabby rock pointing up. Seriously, why, I was just picturing like a crane or something underneath oh, me. Oh, that's just creepy. Or like that's a car. Wrong. I was just like thinking about things that shouldn't be there. See, I don't even think that. I just think like a big rock or something. And I'm going to land there, and then the next time I'm going to be Christopher reaving my way through life, just blowing through a tube to say hello to people. You could see the, uh, the water pretty clearly, though. Like, uh, you could see One last time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. One last close-up view of Mother Nature before it all goes black. Yeah, I didn't go off anything big, though. I just jumped off <laughs> tiny ones. Then because... a quick fade to black. <laughs> and then you cut to Sarah's, like, you know, an inspirational speech at a graduation somewhere. She's giving sort of a, people think that it must be terrible I took... to be paralyzed. <laughs> one arm left and I took way too <laughs> many chances limbs. of cliff jumping when I was younger. I'm not going to do it anymore. Dude, I did that. Here's the thing. I don't really even like the water all that much. I'm not as bad as I used to be. When I was a kid, there's two things. I, my crippling fears have really lessened. Over the years, I just had to quit being such a pussy at some point. But I, it, but I was growing up, I was terrified of spiders. I just this, this paralyzing fear of spiders, and I had a terrible, terrible, terrible fear of water uh, up until up until I probably my twenties when I just water had to, that I can't see underneath still scares me. I was just I was just so so unbelievably freaked out by the water for a long time in my life. And my mom and I don't know if this is true. This is sort of the thing you you never know. It it sounds plausible, but you never really know. Uh, my mom told me years later that I, um, that I nearly drowned when I was six months old and she had to give me CPR, which is weird because it's that creepy baby CPR. It's like, you know, be careful. You don't shatter all his ribs. Oh, wow. Um, but my, uh, but I'd somehow, I'd somehow slipped and I'd and fallen into the bathtub, whatever. Anyway, so my mom's like doing CPR on me. And so she, she sort of blamed that, but I had this terrible fear of water. And, um, and I, I kind of went through this Nietzschean phase when I was like 20, where it was like the facing my fears thing to get over all of that, and uh, which I actually learned from all people, uh, from G. Gordon Liddy, because he, he talked about doing the same thing. Like he had a fear of rats, and so his whole thing was he would just find rat. He, he decided to get over his fear of rats. It was like very much like, a, I will consume that which terrifies me. So he literally just started killing and eating rats. And I didn't do that. Um, but my brother and I, in fact, I can tell you when it was. It was in 1991 because we came here to see uh, Motley Crue. Uh, Motley Crue. We came here to see Metallica at Portland Meadows uh, and Carcass at La Luna back when La Luna was open. And they were playing in the same weekend. Anyway, so, uh, uh, but on the way back to Kennewick, uh, we stopped at Multnomah Falls. And Multnomah Falls at the time had this area it's since been fenced off where you could climb up and you could go up this sort of weird sideways trail and you could actually swim out into the middle of this sort of lake thing way up there and you could actually swim out under and stand underneath the falls and not from down below where you're looking up at the pedestrian bridge i mean you could like climb all the way to the top and there was this weird lagoon thing up there where the multnomah falls actually the mouth of the uh, the uh, the waterfall just dumped down right on you and so we there's a picture somewhere of us 
we took pictures of each other, like, standing there. But you look back now, it was just like the most retarded thing on Earth. I mean, it was just unbelievably dangerous. Because you have no idea what's in that water. You have no idea if there's a current or if you're going to slip. And, it, I mean, it literally would have taken us over Multnomah Falls. Oh, which wow. is like the dumbest way to die. That freaks me out. I mean, imagine yourself being swept over Multnomah Falls. And imagine the lack of sympathy that you would have for me. I mean, the amount of pity would be so non-existent as to, as to be completely and utterly invisible. So... That's the, that's the sort of thing that you do, and then years later you look back and you go, why was I jumping off a cliff? There's this place in Anacortes called Whistle Lake where I would just go there jumping. I jumped off a 75-foot cliff, and I remember at one point I was going so fast I couldn't even see anything and just shot through the water. And I just knew that I had taken it too far. I'm like, okay, Ugh. you know what? I am done. I have... I'm like, do I have everything? I'm like, is everything working? I'm like, okay, <laughs> never again. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Tim Riley. Yes, the heat brings out the worst in everyone. And there are all kinds of dangerous situations one might not normally consider. Take the case of 21-year-old Valerie Antigas of Chandler, Arizona. She goes into uh, sit down on the uh, driver's seat of her hot car, and she sits on a hot penny. Now forever, she's going to have a little tat on her posteria. Where, Tim? Her posteria. Where, Tim? Her posteria. Right across his posteria. All right. I got into my car and sat down, and it actually, like, the penny got caught in my shorts. That penny had been sitting on the seat in the sun for six hours and left one nasty burn. I, I, I Is this a YouTube report? You close, you can almost see Honest Abe's face on the back of her thigh. Like, when I get in my friend's car, I'll, I'll be like, stop, check your seat, you know. I wouldn't want anyone to go through the same thing. It's pretty horrible. God, people are dumb. <laughs> It's terrible. A hot penny touched my skin. I am a guy in a room using a bad microphone to shout a news report into this handicam. Where is it? That's from Arizona? Yes. What is the what? Where, what television station is that from? Do it we know? It doesn't say. It doesn't Whatever say. television <laughs> station is in Chandler. An unknown Arizona. jackass has this to say about the penny. <laughs> Could you play just the, just the soundbite part of that again? I just want to hear the guy. All right. Here we go. I got into my car and sat down, and it actually, like, the penny got caught in my shorts. That penny had been sitting on the seat in the sun for six hours and left one nasty burn. I, I definitely screamed. And if you look close, you can almost see Honest Abe's face on the back of her thigh. Like, when I get in my friend's car, I'll, I'll be like, stop, check your seat, you know. I wouldn't want anyone to go through the same thing. It's pretty horrible. My sibilant S's are really loud when I talk. That story reeks of... Of post-incident adjustment, though, because what does she mean the penny got caught in her shorts? I mean, wouldn't... Maybe she sat down in their shorts, like, scooped it up? But, yeah. that, but that seems implausible. That does seem really weird. Even in Arizona... Well, depending on the amount of flesh. It might have got stuck between layers of flesh. Maybe she's wearing those, like, bloody booty shorts. penny caught in my folds. Pardon me, do you see any spare change caught in the folds of my buttocks? If you could check, that'd be great. If a penny is sitting in the sun, I dispute, first of all, that a penny sitting, even in the Arizona it's sun. It's a cry for attention. If the penny sitting in the sun gets Arizona. hot enough to actually burn a scar into you, especially because she didn't, how would you sit down in such a way that a penny would get caught inside your shorts, though? Well, it depends on if they're really short. That short, could work. short. Like short, short, short. Like bikini shorts. But it's on her mm-hmm. car seat? Yes. And then. Especially if she's bending down, they'd probably go It's like she higher. was branded like cattle. So I guess maybe if the. So you're sitting down, and maybe the seat sags in the middle. The penny slides back toward your area. Well, it depends on how you squat. Gets caught inside your pant leg. Mm-hmm. And then I guess maybe if in your reaction you sat down on it, and then it kind of went and just sort of branded you. Right. It makes sense. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Are you addicted to Facebook? Yes, it's becoming a common problem. Millions of Americans have an internet addiction, many to Facebook. That is a common problem that people are embarrassed to talk about. 
If you're losing sleep because of Facebook, or if you're losing track of time or staying up late using Facebook, the more time on Facebook, well, the basic uh, addiction is a person spending more time doing it than they intend to do and like it. You become obsessed like an old flame. Maybe a person becomes so fond of an idea of reconnecting with an old love, they leave their current relationship. Are we still talking about Facebook? Yeah, we are. Now it sounds like we're talking about being addicted to humping strangers. <laughs> no, it does not. Which well, it seems like there's a lead to that. Maybe I'm using Facebook in the wrong way. Maybe you are ignoring work and responsibilities in favor of Facebook. That goes for office jobs and stay-at-home parents. Oh, dude, I can't tell you how... Neglect is a major problem when it comes to addiction. Let me just say this. So yesterday, I won't identify this person, but I will say that I was... You're in up, a cold sweat. I was... <laughs> Are you speaking to me personally no, now? I'm not. I'm, re- I'm reading a story. <laughs> you are unloved by others and have an off-putting body odor. The uh, you you are unsightly and covered in germs. I won't say who this is, but I was upstairs yesterday here at CBS Radio Portland, and what's going on up there anyway? Well, a lot of Facebook checking uh, based on what I saw yesterday. I w- uh, you got to update those statuses. I walked by two different desks uh, where uh, persons who. You would think would have uh, other things to be doing at this point, even now. Uh, one person was busy typing a Facebook message, and the other person was just staring blankly at their Facebook page, not even really doing anything. And it didn't look as though there was actual content. Like, in other words, they Maybe weren't they were waiting for a change. Well, they weren't watching. They're just waiting to see, waiting to watch an update in real time. Like, they weren't watching a video or, or reading a post or anything. It was just like that. You know, when you log into Facebook, just that main page. That just shows you if you have updates or friend requests or something. It was just sort of this blank stare. And I guess I'm not sure how to feel about this. That when someone comes in, and this doesn't happen to us, I guess, because we work down here where the rules are a little bit different. But uh, we can be more lackadaisical about social uh, norms. But, I mean, when you catch somebody online at the office and they're looking at a page they shouldn't be looking at, what do do they immediately do? They just... um, they just reduce the page, or they minimize it, or they go, "Hey, they make I was, it I'm, bigger." Sorry, I was just. Uh, <laughs> and they hit the maximize button by mistake. Uh-huh. I'm Every sorry, time. I was just looking at this porn. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, and then they try to reduce it. But it, it, this person, I, I came by and I said, "Hey, uh, I have a question about blah 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 blah." And the person looked at me and they go, "Okay, what is it?" And I and it, and I kind of was thrown off for a minute by the fact that they didn't bother to close their Facebook page, which is clearly where they had been spending the bulk of their time. And I guess maybe we've just maybe we've just entered a different era where there is no longer a social stigma toward uh, spending your workday on Facebook. I mean, you would think there would be, but what do I know? I, I hate people who like constantly update on Facebook. Yeah, and see, oh, I, I have a few of those. Oh, well, man. I just reach for a coffee cup. I am putting the coffee <laughs> cup on the counter. I'll I be back. It's going to take me about thirty seconds to walk upstairs. The passive aggressive ones are my favorite. Just like so and so thinks, you know, like maybe. Tiffany should mind her own business. Oh uh, well, the, the, I'll get the uh, I'll get the, I'll see the, the updates sometimes where it's clearly and you and I you, you used to talk about this with MySpace moods where the mood would be like oh you know God. the mood would be like tearful and or with no further explanation. Bouncy. You know, but the thing I'll see on Facebook sometimes is where there is the as you put it the sort of passive update where it says something like you know so and so just needs to be held for a long time. You know what we need to do? We need to bring back Facebook poetry. All right. Done and done. Let's it's do like, it today. I right. am in tears over the people in Defar. <laughs> the Occasionally you will see uh, you'll see those updates. Here, and by the way, I know it's a rough uh, it, it, it's a rough economy out there. I know that it's, it is. It is, it is, we're supposed to treat as good news the fact that our unemployment level in Portland has leveled off, that it's not actually it's increasing. Dropped, it's dropped below 12%. So we're at, yeah, 11.8, 11.9, something, which I guess is what passes for a ray of sunshine at this point. But can I just speak for everybody here? 
If you're unemployed and currently looking for work, maybe it's best not to note uh, on Facebook that you're still hungover uh, from your drinking (laughs) jag that ended at 5 a.m. the previous day. Seriously, or have your boss as your friend and start writing passive-aggressive things about scheduling. (laughs) Or, in fact, spend your entire day sending virtual, like, sake bombs to your friends. Look, doesn't matter to me, you understand. I don't care. Julie sent you a martini. (laughs) Julie I don't understand that stuff. Oh, I know. I get rid of them all. Julie is frittering her life away and doesn't care if future employers see that she's a slack-ass. Keep in mind, it, uh, we're not Puritans. It's not like not like. It's Sarah, not like I didn't take a true blood quiz the other day. I'm you know, not like not I perfect. care. I, I'm just saying uh, there are others who might view you as someone who perhaps doesn't know how to prioritize their tasks correctly. I'm I'm just saying. All right, well, in any event, here's Tim Riley. Not that we're complaining, mind you. No, I mean, look, we would have no show prep otherwise. Seriously, <laughs> it really is. Uh, the second of two teens suspected of robbery of Fred Myers turned himself in. Chanel Dedell Green, 15. Chanel Dedell? Chanel Dedell right. Green. I was arrested. This is when two teens uh, tried to hold up a female cashier, and then they stole some beer. Security guard chases them. They pull out a gun and fire shots. Nobody, thankfully, was injured. The other suspect is 17-year-old Stephen Fowler. He is believed by police to be the gunman. The investigation continues. You you know, somebody just sent me an email, you know, back on the Facebook thing for a second. Yes. You know what that's like? And this is really, really true. They pointed out that if you post, and it's not like you can't maintain a Facebook page or whatever. I mean, obviously everybody does. There's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with the social networking. But if a lot of your Facebook uh, updates indicate perhaps that you are uh, the person who spends vast amounts of their daylight hours doing things that others might view as somewhat trivial... It's like spending your days drinking in a bar where you know that your prospective employer might also come for lunch. You know what I mean? Or like the guy that you might be interviewing with next week for that job, maybe, maybe not. You know you know he's, he frequents a certain restaurant, and so you make sure that you're there at 9 a.m. and you're seen at the bar putting one screwdriver down after another. Maybe not such a hot idea. That's, uh, that's the only... I'm at work right now, and I hate it. And all the rest of the friends are co-workers, including your boss. Well, we know... Um, Yes, no, say it. You we know, we know somebody. I won't There's say There's the who. most awkward thing. Like, what you shouldn't do. Well, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Are we talking about two different awkward things? Oh, I'm talking about somebody completely different. Well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about that person either. No, no, no. I'm talking about... We, how do I put this? I want to identify, We won't identify either of these people because uh, we respect confidences and so forth. I will say this. You have a gender-neutral name like Sammy with an I. Hey, Sammy and Terry. No, that probably Both doesn't work. <laughs> Fail. Uh, how about Kevin? No, that doesn't work either. I'm out of gender-neutral names. How about A, B, and A, B, and C? How about we do something else all together here? I'd like to hear a song. <laughs> Tara, That's a bad religion. Tara, can we hear a, uh, can we hear a toe-tapping uh, hit from yesteryear? I had to take all my cares away right now. Hey, it's the Rick Emerson Show. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. <laughs> Stay right there. It's Wednesday morning. Peter Carlin for the Oregonian is next. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. like being stuck inside a small space with a Woolworths. I'm sorry. There aren't any Woolworths anymore. Are there no Woolworths? I have to find a new uh, cultural reference. Schwab's? Schwab's. 
That's exactly. A higgledy, a higgledy piggledy. Now, what is that place? Piggledy Wiggly. Is that still a supermarket chain back east? Do they have that? Do they have Piggly Wiggly still? I think those are mostly in the south now. All right. What is the... You know what we should do? We should actually spend a day sometime. This would actually be amusing. I say guaranteeing that some guy in a room somewhere in another city will listen to it and say it's not amusing. Um, You know what would be amusing is actually go through a Rolodex of our pop culture references and decide which need to be updated. I think a lot of them do for you. You Thanks. <laughs> Just say it. Say it. You sound old. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. No, well done. Even Seamus. Seamus is around your age, and he's just like, sometimes I don't even get the references that Rick's making. And well, it's just like, I think he's a baby boomer trapped in a Gen Xer's body. Well, you know, well, you know, Tim is basically like a septuagenarian trapped in the body of a, what did we decide? You're 34? 34-year-old? 34 yes. Uh, yes. One of the youth? Yes. So uh, then we start shaving ages at some point on the show, and we all were going to pick an age and stick with it forever. I think I was going to be 27. Sarah was going to be 22, and I think Tim was, I think we just, I think Tim had, Tim had. Tim was like 30 or something. I think Tim was 30, but I I could be wrong about that. Well, in any event, but Tim is, you know, Tim and I both have references that I think probably are are a little bit beyond what we're reasonably expected to know, but that's what makes them unexpected. Look, I was watching Family Guy the other day, and I swear to God, Family Guy did like a fatty Arbuckle uh, joke. And that's from about 1915, so everybody can just uh, suck one, okay? I think I just, even Seth MacFarlane would be really good for us. That's, I mean, really, I just, you know, your references are too old. You know, please, it's just for the love of God, Fatty Arbuckle crosses all generational lines. Fatty Arbuckle is loved by everybody everywhere, except for uh, Dorothy Rapp. She probably, she probably loved him less. Not at all now. Then we're going to do John Wilkes Booth jokes in the next hour. <laughs> so, but but this is always because we were talking about somebody uh, that we knew once upon a time who wore way, way, way too much perfume. And everybody has worked, you know, with somebody like this where they, they drown. And it's always the worst perfume on earth. If you know somebody who wears too much cologne or too perfume, it's it's never the good kind. It's always like they got a ladle on. It's like they've just they, they, they stuck their head in some sort of a perfumery trough. And the joke I always used to say is that she smells like a like a Woolworths uh, tipped over somewhere. But you pointed out that Woolworths doesn't actually exist anymore. Higgledy Piggledy, I keep saying Higgledy Piggly Wiggly is in the South. There are no A and P markets, and Safeway doesn't have a perfumery counter. So I need to know exactly what it is I should be swapping out for Woolworths in my pop culture conversations now. So we're going to put on the list of uh, references that I need Costco? to update at some point. Now, but see, uh, do they sell perfume at Costco? I've never been to one. I see, don't know. Oh, yeah, they yeah, totally do. The thing about Woolworths, the though, barrel. is that Woolworths just had that hint of trash to it. But it was also a funny-sounding word. That's really where comedy comes from. It is the, uh, the funny-sounding word. It was nice stuff covered with dust. Yeah, and the, the, the five... You know what else Woolworths... Here's what they had. Woolworths always had a lot of those fiber-optic decorations for your home. And you know what I'm talking about. It would be like a brass... Or perhaps 14 karat gold plated or imitation gold stand. And then there would be some silk flowers, but the flowers would be ringed with little fiber optic tubes that shot light out at you. And then the light rotated through various different uh, colors. Like it would be a green light that slowly became pink, that slowly became red, that slowly became blue. And then you pay like, you know, $19 for it and it would have Dale Earnhardt on the front of it. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this, your uh, Wednesday morning. Could you believe that 33,000 Oregonians were given bad vaccine shots? No. And yes. now they can get polio, measles, bumps, hepatitis, flu, and rubella. Or all. Oregon foreclosures rank 11th in the nation 
And why can't a chain restaurant operate a mobile food truck? I don't know the answer, Tim. One says you got to do it anyway, regardless of whether you like it or not. Uh, we've got this rock and roll question here uh, that we will address, and then we'll uh, then we'll take a break. Oh, by the way, speaking of rock and roll, you should at this moment uh, or the next moment in your future when you are free of children and or people who can fire you or report you to HR, you should go to rickemerson.com, and you want to watch the video for the new Storm Large single, uh, which is called... It, it 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 references her. Uh, How much she loves Virginia. <laughs> My Virginia is eight miles wide. <laughs> awesome. Well done. That's exactly what we're going to call. We should totally just get the word Virginia okay, and make our we, own radio edit of that there song. There you go. There. That works. Tim, Tim you're a genius. God bless you. Mental hug right now. Yeah, we, we're hugging right now without actually touching. Mm-hmm. Well done. All right. So my Virginia is eight miles wide. Genius. Oh, my God. Because they're just bleeping it just it would take the soul out of that song. It really would just remove the heart. Why, why can't she do another version where she just substitutes? It could be put in afterwards with one of those, uh, whatchamacallits that uh, Greg uses. And she could uh, she could actually sell it to the Virginia Board of Tourism as well. You that know what I mean? great. So, uh, well, in any event, so you go to rickemerson.com. You can watch the video for the new Storm Large single. It is uh, from Crazy Enough, which is the soundtrack to her one-woman show with the same name. It's also like the de facto new uh, Storm uh, Large record. But the video is directed and edited by a guy named James Westby, who's a uh, Portland filmmaker and uh, and a great guy to boot. Anyway, it, but enough of me uh, yapping. You get a chance, you go there. It, it is not safe for work, so don't watch it with the boss or the kids or anything around. Uh, but well, you the should, good uh, part about it is most people aren't at work. Yeah. It, 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 well, so 12% of you can watch it right now unfettered. Yes. Uh, cameos from uh, Sarah Dillon. Uh, there's a cameo from myself in it and a lot of other Portland folk that you may recognize. So you can check that out at rickemerson.com. All right. Quick rock and roll question. They will We'll take a break. We'll come back after this with Tim Riley at the news desk. This is Rick. This is from uh, Marty. At the end of another Brick in the Wall Part 2 by Pink Floyd, is the schoolmaster saying, you can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat, or you can't have any pudding if you don't eat your beets? A friend of mine, now see, and I was immediately going to say meat. Uh, that was going to be the answer I went to. But he says a friend of mine was told by his dad that the word is beets, being that most English kids would have been privileged to have meat in the 1940s because of the severe rationing in wartime England. I figured you'd be the one to have the final answer on this. Any insight? Marty. Tim? I don't know. Sarah? I thought it was meat. I always thought it was meat. Greg Nibbler. Meat or beets in the uh, Pink Floyd Another Brick in the Wall Part 2? He thinks it's meat. See, and I I would would think it's meat, too, because weren't they eating shoelaces back then? There's nothing else, <laughs> I suppose. But he does. Uh, the guy's grandfather does have a fair point. That I mean, why would you not be eating meat if it was like, let's say, 1943? Because there was no meat to be had, uh, because everything was off. You know, for the uh, you know the war effort to fight Jerry. So it seems like if meat were put in front of you, you probably would eat it without any, without even a second thought. Unless you were meat. But if he's but, going to a boarding school, I mean, because it looks like a headmaster of a boarding school, so they're probably more well to do. I guess. But why would you? Why would you? Is the meat gristly in some way? If you watch the movie, the wall is the uh, is is the meat. Is it is it shown or indicated in some way that the meat is unpalatable? No, because that's when the kids are walking into the giant um, squishy thing. Into the meat grinder. Yeah, into the meat grinder. So the kids are the meat. Well, no, but now 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 you're making it into something else. See, now you're 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 confusing me now because you're making it some weird cannibalism metaphor. No, I, I'm sorry, Marty. We don't have any. What do you call it? Insight. We have no insight or I'm answers sorry, here. I'm sorry, Marty. You asked the wrong people. Fail. All right. 
It is uh, 503-228-4101. At this juncture, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take Caller 10 for your shot at a pair of tickets to see Motley Crew. Crew Fest 2 is coming up next Tuesday. That is next Tuesday, the 28th. You can find that more at KUFO.com. It happens at Clark County Amphitheater. Crew Fest 2 featuring Motley Crew, Godsmack, uh, Theory of a Dead Man, Drowning Pool, and the Charm City Devils. Uh, you can get tickets for just $10 each at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge starting this Thursday at 12 p.m. Limit 8 tickets, and that's while supplies last. But if you are Caller 10 right now, you will yourself a, a pair of those. Crew Fest 2 tickets right now at 503-228-4101 if you're caller 10. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley, so don't go anywhere. We've got a uh, a fantastic Geek Watch on the way, and it is this it is the convergence of all things uh, geeky, so you stay there. We've got the uh, greatest Geek Watch of the month headed your way directly after this. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Wednesday morning. Stay there. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments only on Rock 101. KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. They attacked me like a bunch of mad wolf, and they touched forward. I thought I was going to die, because they were like rabid animals. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and Oregonian music editor Ryan White, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Tim Riley is working on the following headlines on your glorious Wednesday morning. Well, imagine one of your co-workers as a peeping Tom. Wait, hold on. I'm picturing a co-worker right now. Drilling holes in the wall of at least two other hotels that you're staying at. You know, I can picture that without any trouble, actually. The person okay. I'm picturing is... Someone who knew your every move? Yeah. No, and I'm... Taking uh, pictures of you brushing your hair naked? Yes. No, and this person, I'm picturing him uh, lowering his pants while he's watching me oh, uh, through the God. hole in the wall. No, I just, I'm trying to be honest. An artist can't lie, Sarah. I don't know who that would be. Anyway, Stephen Baldwin files for bankruptcy and J-Lo rejects Mylar balloons. <laughs> okay. Um... Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam is the case. Maybe all it takes is Stephen Baldwin. You know, I don't even know what he's done. I guess you said he filed for bankruptcy. Was that the rest of the story? Doesn't matter. As soon as I hear Stephen Baldwin, it's just, uh, that's just a name that makes me smile. It gives me a warm glow in a horrible place. Uh, hello, sir or madam is the case, maybe. How can I help you today? Yeah, I was listening to uh, to you talking about Pink Floyd, The Wall, part two. Yeah, somebody wondered if it was, uh, you can't uh, have your pudding in if you don't eat your... And then there was a discussion about whether it was meat or beets, and then Correct. the issue of wartime rationing uh, came into play. It is meat, because at that time, the only meat that they had available was horse meat, which was just nasty, nasty meat, and nobody wanted to eat it. Oh, I see. So, the, so they did have meat, but it was of a disagreeable nature, and so that's why the kid was resisting eating it. Correct. Ah, okay. That does that makes a lot of sense actually, because I seem to remember watching in the wall where the, the kid does have meat on the plate, and so I wondered if that was just a little bit of license that Alan Parker, the director, had taken. But no, that that does make sense. You would get meat, but it was like the bottom of the barrel, basically. Yeah, yeah, and it was nobody nobody wanted to touch it because nobody wants a big plate of gristle. Yeah. Uh, My assumption is people were healthier and they looked a lot better. That's right, Tim. All right, thank you, sir. No problem. All right, there you go. It was sort of a forced veganism at uh-huh. that point. All right. What is that movie they with all J- lived. that movie with the uh, with John Candy? Is it the Great Outdoors where the guy the guy goes to the restaurant and there's the old seventy sixer and it's a seventy it's it's a seventy six ounce steak and it's the deal like if you eat the entire steak you know it's free or whatever and so you know it, you know the, the guy can, and I think it's Chevy Chase consumes the steak and he's like okay finish the entire thing it's free right and the restaurant guy comes over and he goes you still got six pounds of gristle I'll come back and oh then, gross and then he eats the gristle oh. all right they do that at sailors. Uh, out near Mall 205. Where you have to eat gristle? No, where you where if you eat the whole like a like an eighty ounce steak, then you get it for free. Didn't was it here? Uh, I don't know if it was here <laughs> Tim with CBS. Was really excited about Tim. It. <laughs> 
Well, they don't have. There's no, no vegan sure equivalent of that. People who enjoy that type of activity. You know what, Tim? Your people, the vegans, they ought to do something like this at a restaurant where they have like a tofu eating contest. That would get some attention because vegan restaurants, because you're all about health and whatnot, yeah. don't typically have a lot of those things where it's a, you know sort of a forced like a death march of, of food consumption. You ought to do that. All right. Just look into it. That'll be the next quarterly promotion. Right. Uh, do we have a uh, do we have Facebook poetry, Sarah? Yes, I give it to you. I don't believe you did because uh, it would be. I don't think I have it. Oh, is it this thing? It's been set up. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yes. Is it this thing right next to me? <laughs> I'm a retard. All right. Today's uh, a day where a lot of things just seem to play without warning, like David Cassidy singing in the background well, for no I reason. I have noticed that numerous websites keep throwing sound on for no apparent reason. Here's why that is, though. I think it's and because I'm sick of it. They've it's because they've realized that people, I think, a lot of times don't see banner ads anymore. You've just started to ignore them. Not you. Well, probably you personally. Uh, that you just people don't. You know, you don't pay attention to banner ads, and so they got to do something to get to, to get noticed. And so that's why, for a while, I'm boy. I can tell you this: however irritating Facebook can be, sometimes we'll do Facebook poetry in a second. How glad are you that, unlike MySpace, Facebook does not do this to you fifty times a day? Hello. Oh God! I when you like I roll your mouse over like the the smiley, get a free iPod deal, and you just want to put your fist through the screen. <laughs> Jesus, God Almighty. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it's time for another exciting installment of oh, I love this Facebook Poetry on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Lisa says, it's hump day. Fantastic. Paige says, Got the sun on my shoulders, my toes in the sand. Sounds like a John Denver song. Dr. Mumu is watching yet another sunrise from my lonely wooden tower. What? Britain kitten can't get enough of summer fruit, all caps, dot, dot, dot. I love it. Mike needs to headbang. Michael is in search for the guidelines to the gateways of sin through mires of misanthropy with wrath in mind, sophistication is cruelty and perfection is virulent truth. Also is smitten. Bella says, wish I could make SDCC. Doom Kitten says, Day one of work was hardcore. My everything is all sore. Wendy thinks she's a smarty pants. And Nincompoop says, Booty, booty, booty. Gah. This has been another exciting installment of Facebook Poetry. Straight ahead, news from Tim Riley and your shot at passes to see the new Judd Apatow film, Funny People. You stay there. It's The Rick Emerson Show, returning momentarily. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Whose eyeballs am I going to peck out? On Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't forget, 
If you have been uh, trying to win Crewfest 2 tickets and you have uh, not done so, we're going to be giving away a pair tomorrow, also Friday, but uh, starting tomorrow, that is Thursday, starting tomorrow at 12 p.m., you can pick yourself up a ticket to Crewfest 2 at Dick Hanna Dodge. And uh, those are while supplies last. Limit eight, please. Run the limit yourself to eight, or you will be forcibly limited to eight, presumably by the other people who are also there attempting to buy those Crewfest 2 tickets, which are just $10 each. And that is tomorrow, starting tomorrow at noon at Dick Hanna Dodge, ladies and gentlemen. It's 503-228-4101 at the news desk. Your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 841 from the CBS News Center. Highs today will only be in the mid-80s. Big gang fight last night. Maybe the hot weather is stirring up these gangsters. They got a report of a big fight at approximately 8 o'clock at Northeast Garfield and Morgan Street. They found an adult victim shot, needing medical attention. Gang investigators were called in to assist, but it was over and done with. Nothing they could do. The age of large exotic pets in Oregon is coming to an end. A new law banning them takes effect January 1st. Uh, You can no longer uh, get brand new uh, bears or primates or crocodilians. Crocodilians, that's what it says. And but in other news, apparently you were were you allowed to have bears beforehand? Yes, you were. There was no law against it. No. Well, that that is in a strange if you way. You have them, you can keep them though. This is one of those things that they only discover through trial and error. They discover this when there's a mauling of some kind, and then they go to a guy's house and he had like 15 Gila monsters and a pig, and they find that there was no you know that there was no law against it, which is like that thing we were talking about early in the show, where in in Texas. Some cop goes to some strip club, and there's like a bunch of 15-year-old girls uh, stripping there. And so he calls, uh, you know, the, the man to come down and bust everybody, and then they find out that there was no law against it. Because apparently they do things differently in Texas, which is really, I think, the, I think that the next time Texas Texas is taking like a long uh, nap or something, the rest of us ought to take a secret vote and then just sort of kick them out to sea. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean who cares? I mean, the surroundings look like the surface of the moon. I mean, <laughs> who would just, want to be there? I mean, you know, if we just start, if we can distract them with a bright, shiny object or some oil or something, uh, and then just sort of, you know, and then just sort of lock the door when they're not looking. By so, the, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Tim. Oh, I was going to say, uh, Stephen Baldwin is millions of dollars in debt. He owes $1.2 million on two mortgages on uh, some swanky property north of New York City, valued at $1.1 million. Who gives Stephen Baldwin credit? Well, somebody gave him credit cards, and he owes $70,000 on those. If Stephen Baldwin came and offered to borrow 1000 you know, asked to borrow 1000 bucks from you, but said he'd pay it back, would you give him, Stephen Baldwin, $1,000? Never. <laughs> no, no, the answer is no. Uh, you know, and the fact that he's, quote, millions of dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. Even if you were inclined to give Stephen Baldwin money, once he passed the I owe you a million dollars mark, you'd think that maybe he'd, uh, you know, he'd have used up his goodwill with you. So he's, he's uh, been on several motion pictures. Sure he has. Uh, I, I worked on the PR crew for one of them. Was it for, uh, it was for Biodome? No, it was Bitter Harvest in I 1993. Bitter Harvest? He played the... a country boy. Oh, well, of course he did. And very well, I'm and, sure. And my job was not to let the press ask questions about his newborn baby because they didn't want it to be known that he was a dad, which is very ironic, wouldn't you think? That's strange. Yeah, he's all Jesus-y. Yeah. I thought they were all about, then, uh, no. all about sperm. Nope, nope, nope. All right. Uh, this email says, hey, you were talking about Facebook earlier. I have a Facebook friend that I met via a music fan club. She is a... Heavy set gal and not attractive at all. By the way, I should say this email's from a woman, so uh, you know she can make these callous assessments. She says, "I have a Facebook friend I met via music fan club. She is a heavy set gal and not attractive at all, and she comes off as really needy and annoying." Anyway, she recently updated her profile picture to show herself kissing her boyfriend. Ew! It's totally creepy. The email says because she's looking past his face. You can see the back of his head as he's kissing her directly into the camera. I looked at that picture and immediately thought, 
She's saying, can you believe I have a boyfriend? And look at us. We're kissing. So I went to her profile and looked at the picture to get my laugh on. The first comment was the boyfriend, and his comment was simply, mmm. Oh. <laughs> I love technology. It's I really maybe do. Maybe he was thinking of a big dish of ice cream during that smooch. I don't maybe think he's the only one. Do you guys uh, ever watch people write back and forth on Facebook who are in a relationship? <sighs> yes. Or it's like, I love you, baby. I love you, too. But then I, I can't I wait till dinner. But then, I, but then I just, but then I, 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 and I can't wait so to weird. have your baby. It's like watching their text messages. To whom are you speaking just now? Whose baby do you want to have, Tim? Oh, no, I was just thinking about the uh, someone who was expecting. Someone rather, I want to have your baby. Oh, I see. Yeah. I Well, look, and, and, and unless anybody, because we sometimes get accused of being snobby about this stuff, so I, it, I don't want anybody to think that we're somehow opposed to Facebook. Like, I, I got a Facebook page. Uh, you know, Sarah has a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We all get Facebook pages. Um, I had uh, at one point two different MySpace pages, so it's not it's like a MySpace passe. No, it is. I've locked actually my MySpace page, and now the greeting is something like "Go to my Facebook page," you know, and, and that's it. So it's not like I'm above it or anything. I'm just saying, you know what it is. It, it, it's there are like things that should be shared with others, and there are things that should not. Well, you know, it, it, it's the difference between. Look, I don't have anything against cell phones, obviously, but you know what I have something against? The jackass who's talking on his cell phone in front of you at the movie theater. Why? Somebody at Fred Meyer yelling, honey, which honey is this for? (laughs) But apparently she knew who it was because she screamed back 50 miles away in the garden section. What? uh, When somebody's using their cell phone at the movies, that is, you know what it is? That's a jackassery uh, application of that technology. That is technology being used in a way that is irritating to others. So what is with Facebook? I got no problem with Facebook. I really don't. But there was a way... No, we're all as addicted as everybody else. Absolutely. And there, and just like with cell phones, there's a way you can use Facebook that is irritating to everybody around you. And for example, like when you're just basically sitting there just humping each other on the page, you know, to where... Every, and I think everybody, then you have that you just have to ignore them, right? That's the... You can't just say, like, screen out awkwardly sexual Facebook comments yeah, you from this person. completely. Uh, let's see. And I hate it when people also are, like, talking about how fabulous their life is or how... They're going to pick up the kids or go to a movie or go to lunch. I'm just like, They're I don't They're just care. begging for problems. See, now you just sound bitter. Now, now you don't. I don't no, want to hear about I, how good your life is. I'm just thinking, no, I'm just thinking about one person in particular who just like, I know that for a fact their life isn't so amazing. Do you believe they front? They're using yeah, Facebook? Yeah, but it's just like constant. Uh, I'm pregnant again. It's great. But I kind of, but I don't want to uh, delete them uh, entirely because um, sometimes it's just, it's amazing to watch like the mental unraveling of somebody it, via it, Facebook. It really is. It is like a microcosm of all of humanity right there. Hey, I saw a great thing the other day. It, it, we should do the Geek Watch actually out of this uh, to sort of bring a curtain down on everything. I saw something great the other day about, uh, it wasn't, um, it wasn't World of Warcraft. It was a similar game. It was like, you know, Knights of the Golden Bosom or some crap. Some crap where there's like a busty girl in a chainmail thing and she's holding a flag and, and, you know, and there's like jewels. Anyway, but it was some like massively multiplayer online role-playing game. And they said that the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, is actually true. Because I guess if you're playing, we might as well start the Geek Watch here. Uh, here's your Geek Here's your geek Watch for Wednesday. High-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used to... Just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... And just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Energize. So please finish your story. Um, so, uh, apparently the CDC uh, is, is starting to follow a lot of massively multiplayer online role-playing games, because if you play, like, uh, World of Warcraft or, you know, whatever, 
I guess because it's a real world, you know, it is, it is a virtual world. Apparently, a lot of the things uh, that happen in the real world also happen there, such as illnesses, because it's all kind of a medieval thing. So I guess there's like a plague occasionally that will sweep through, like your character gets sick, and then you got to go find some guy to like give, give you an eye of newt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some healing potion or whatever. But I guess the CDC, this is kind of cool and weird all at once, that they're starting to follow uh, how diseases spread in World of Warcraft to figure out how they will spread, like, in actual life. Creepy. And it was because of the swine flu thing. They couldn't figure out how the swine flu was going to spread. And somebody pointed out that I guess there was some plague that swept through, like, you know, the kingdom of Grishnar or something, someplace, uh, in World of Warcraft. And uh, and a bunch of nerds all died from it, you know, virtually. And they were trying, and so they were using that as a model for how things, because apparently people react online to a plague the way they do in the real world, where it's like they isolate themselves, but or you know, but some people inad- inadvisably travel to try to get away from it, but then inadvertently spread it to others. So, on that note, Sam, what is your geek watch for today? Well, thank you for asking. This comes to us from Los Angeles, where Spider-Man Helmer Sam Raimi has signed on to direct the live-action film adaptation of Warcraft, based on the fantasy video game series of the same name. That is. And just talk about it, just a conflating of all geek all things. nerdiness. The ground is just going to collapse under the weight of that geekdom. Well, Raimi, who will work on the film after he completes the fourth Spider-Man, will be joined by the Dark Knight producer Charles Roven behind the camera. Warcraft games allow opposing players to command virtual armies <laughs> to battle each other. The franchise was developed a, has a developed a global following since its 1994 debut in the market. Raimi uh, recently uh, released a project in the horror film Dang Me to Hell, or Drag Me to Hell, which grossed over $58 million worldwide. Dang Me to Hell is Roger Dang. Miller's exciting new follow-up song. Uh, that's when Roger Miller decides to uh, write for the, you know, write an edgier recording. So I thought that, first of all, I thought Sam Raimi was doing, I thought he was finally going to do another Evil Dead film so he could get control of the franchise. I thought that he had to do a, a fourth Evil Dead movie. And then he would, and then the intellectual property would revert to him. Well, I don't know. Well, I guess you were wrong. I, yes, meow. Sorry. Oh no! Uh, apparently, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't be right all the time, well, Tim. I'm disappointed, I was everyone. To help move the conversation along. <laughs> That's right. Every now and again, I may have the slightest bit of inaccuracy in my statements. Um, sorry, I didn't mean like a, you know, in your story, screwing up your facts. Uh, so, I didn't mean it that way. No, that's I, was, too late. I was trying to help you move on to the next topic. I'll try to paper over this uh, paper over this injury with more lies. So anyway, so they're doing a World of Warcraft film, which will probably suck. And the only good news about that... Out of that, curiosity, I'm totally going to see it. Oh, so will I, because video game movies always suck. Anybody, last video game movie that didn't suck? Teenage Mutant Ninja see, Turtles I can't too. think of anything. But see, that's I don't know if that... They would start it as a Pong. comic. Pong the movie. They're really, you know, there probably is. If you were to go to YouTube right now and type in Pong the movie, you know that somebody's done it. What about Super Mario Brothers? Raul Julia's last. No, no, no. Wait. No, no, no. Street Fighter was his last film. Mm. Who was in Super Mario Brothers? Bob Hoskins. Yes. Oh, God. I forgot about that. that oh, that's is sad. Awful. Oh, that's sad. Uh, well, in any event, the only entertaining thing about this World of Warcraft movie will be watching the geek reaction as it gets closer and closer to being made and seeing the nerds scream about how it's not going to be an accurate representation of the many facets of this massively multiplayer online role-playing game. So that'll be like its whole separate, uh, you know, that'll be like a whole separate real-life uh, movie you can watch happening there. All right, there's your geek watch for Wednesday. By Thor's hammer, by the sons of Warband, I shall avenge you. Next. Loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. By the way, and I say this as somebody who saw Doom the movie the opening weekend, uh, knowing, and I became that guy where I knew it was going to suck. 
I mean, I knew with everything in me it was going to suck, and boy, did it suck. It sucked, and it sucked and blew at the same time. It was uh, it was so jaw-droppingly bad, but it's like I never, but I don't even think I ever mentioned on the air, I don't think I complained about it, because what right do I have to complain that the Doom movie starring The Rock is bad? I mean, like, what, why would I not expect it to be bad? So, I did, and it was. Tim? One quick update on the Aaron Andrews thing. Oh, this is the ESPN yeah. sports uh-huh. who was filmed nude. Now, uh, somebody drilled holes in the wall of at least two other hotels. They think it's somebody on her production crew. Mm-mm. So they had to know where she was, and they did it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. I, Numerous uh, holes. They, so this is, because we thought when they said peephole, it was the thing in the door. No. But I guess there was like a, like a hole in the wall. Well, that would make sense, actually, because we were wondering, like, how would they know where she was going to be exactly. and when she was going to be there? How would they know? I wonder if that was for personal use. I mean, because I think you about, know the answer to that. Well, they're bragging about it on Facebook. And well, well I guess it is for personal use. It's just for many, pers- the personal use of many millions of individual men. Apply as needed. Uh, all right. Well, in any event, hey, uh, as we uh, wrap this up, I want to remind everybody that uh, the day after tomorrow, which is Friday. That's a great um, movie. The, the, uh, in, uh, never mind. I'm going to write down a thought about that. We'll get to tomorrow. You just prompted me. Uh, I have a 2012 thought that we'll get to tomorrow. I, that's what I thought you were getting. The half-off sale uh, this Friday at 9 a.m., ladies and gentlemen, is going to be your chance uh, to buy things for, yes, half-off, uh, and sometimes a little bit less than that. For example, this Friday at noon. I'm sorry, rather, this Friday at 9 a.m., uh, you'll be able to uh, pick yourself up a $25 gift certificate to Rasha Thai, which I actually, a place I actually ate at yesterday, and it was uh, and it was quite good. It was fantastic. Uh, and they have Thai curry dishes, and they specialize in a lot of the traditional things, such as fish or beef or duck, but they also have uh, vegetable curry dishes or tofu. So starting Friday at 9 a.m., uh, it's very simple. You just click on the half-off banner at KUFO.com, and you get your $25 Rasha Thai and Asian Kitchen certificate for $12. So $25 for 12 uh, Rasha Thai and Asian Kitchen, where Thai curry dishes are traditionally done. Get that for half off this Friday, 9 a.m. at KUFO.com. Uh, but if you are caller 10 right now, you'll pick one of those up before you can buy it. 503-228-4101. And again, buy them for half off this Friday, 9 a.m. at KUFO.com. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum today. Also, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, who had to be bumped to make way for Joan Embry from the San Diego Zoo. Join us tomorrow when our guest will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and from the Oregonian, uh, music editor Ryan White. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Greg Nibbler. The uh, front desk, the gatekeepers, Dave's in. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with me, Reynolds. Executive producer, Christopher J. Panic. Coming up next, it is Smells like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Wednesday, July 22nd, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, as always, thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.